Not that good. Not that good a whistler, son. I have a song. It's hard. I need I need work on my whistling. Got a kid. Anaheim. I woke up singing uh, a Joe Rogan song. No, you didn't. Yeah, I swear to God, I did. I woke up singing. Wait, I even. Did I make it up? Yeah, I, I, I was singing. I was like, um, where is it? I wrote down some hilarious. What's the one that you said about my girlfriend's butthole? On the internet? Oh, yeah. <laughs> How is that? God damn it. How did that go? I saw your girlfriend. Yeah, we, we were like um, addicted to that <clears throat> fake song that I wrote. Yeah. Which one? It was when I was dating Trailer Vixen. It was the girl's first. How did it go? Fuck. It was fun, whatever it was. I saw your girl's butthole. But there was something more to it. Yeah. There's, there was, On the internet. Yeah, it was... It was it was whatever it was like we were joking around one day and I said it and then we couldn't stop saying it we were just like repeat it would like get <laughs> we should have made that a this, song this yeah. is the, we should drop probably that. this is what I do when I'm sitting around doing nothing like at an airport this, I start going here's Joe <laughs> this is literally what I start writing here's Joe Rogan he is the man here's Joe Rogan <laughs> he'll make a stand he's got big brown eyes and strong angry thighs here's Joe Rogan he is my friend. He eats, ma- eats meat and kale and brain medicine. He'll kick your face and break your arm. Then spark a joint and say he meant no harm. What the fuck is wrong with you? I don't Why know. did you write this down? I was, I was like, I was like, I was trying to rhyme. I was is trying there, to rhyme, and I'm like, dee dee dee. There's a thing called editing. We all have some shitty thoughts. We got to know when to let them go. That's kind of weird. That's where the song ends. I had no ending. Yeah, I'm not comfortable with that. I got caught in it. He's Joe After all, camping time together out alone in the I, woods i mean brian yeah, pulled out his phone and he's reading it deep in his notes that so yeah how could he possibly have written that down because what, you have children you have a life <laughs> you have a lot going on nope the fact that you wrote that down that's me procrastinating okay. literally i'm supposed to be writing and i'm like i'm gonna write a song about joe <laughs> I keep well in writing well listen we gotta get a commercial out of the way are we are we podcasting right yeah now? we're podcasting oh, um San Diego, <laughs> Brian. When is it? When's the show? Uh, we have a show at the American Comedy Co. Uh, March fourteenth, which and, is a, uh, I believe it's a Thursday night, ten p.m. show. Powerful Thursday night. Yeah, and it's uh, we're gonna have a death squad, uh, a bunch of death squad comics. Uh, I think uh, Tony Hinchcliffe, uh, Jason Tebow, very funny guy, and very so, funny guy. Both so, guys, very hilarious guys, and a big surprise. And so. a big surprise. Yeah. What is this surprise bullshit? You have to build it up. What day is Talk it again? Let me see if I'm in town. Uh, March, you're, I, I believe you could do it. What day is it? March March what? 14th. I'll come down. You want to do it? Yeah, let me see if I'm there. Uh, not only if Brian, I don't want to go Oh, man, Dude, I'm definitely go. I'm, I'm just... flying that week. No, nah, I'm, in, I'm in Florida. You I'm in, sons I'm of in bitches. Uh, Montreal. I'm in Captain I'm Captain doing Jimbo's, Jimbo's Comedy Works in Montreal. It's already sold out. Wow. If you've ever been up to Jimbo's, it's like 90 seats. No. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking awesome. Oh, I, I, I started working for him and yeah, I started working for Jimbo and like I think I did probably my first sets for, for for him in like 93 or something like that. Wow. 92, 93. Wow. I've been friends with him ever since. And you did and you so did So I alternate. I do uh, a theater in yeah. Montreal and the next time I'm in town I do Jimbo's. I do Amazing. it every time. Yeah. So it's either I do 2,200 seats or, <laughs> or I do 90. Are, are, you doing, uh, are you doing UFC there? Yeah, yeah. There's a UFC there. And uh, I, I just Florida, did. We had a UFC there very recently. Um, it's a big market for the UFC. Mm. 
and I just did a, a whole concert there, a big like theater thing. I'm like, I can't just, do, you know, I can't just do like a, a whole nother concert. Like I don't have all that new material right, yet. It's right. like only three months, you know. Oh, it's so, great though to so do like 90, club. 90 yeah. seat. I love those it's little clubs. It's the greatest club in the history of the world. Oh. It's, the guy who owns it, Jimbo, is the nicest fucking guy on the planet. He's just, he is what he is. He's a, the 100% genuine, a sweetheart. Loves comedy. Been in business since 1990. Doesn't fucking use email. You got to call it. him. I love it. I you got I mean, he's like as old school as it gets, and he's a great guy. So I go to I visit him every time I'm in town. Anyway, yeah. Like last time I was there, I was hanging out at his bar, shooting pool. That's great. Yeah, it's, he's the best. So you're just gonna you're just gonna pack it in. How many shows are you doing? I think two. I think we're doing two shows. They're already sold out. Oh, we, awesome. Yeah, it's uh, it's me and uh, I think. I think Duncan's coming with me. Hey, everybody! What is uh? Yeah, I think tell it's me Duncan. about. I've never done Governors. What what is uh? What is the club like? Oh, it's amazing! Governors on Long Island. That's yeah. where you're going. Yeah. Oh, it's I'll one be there. Of my I'll be there favorites. Friday, this it's Friday, and Saturday. It's a great club. It's a great club. Oh yeah. I used to do governors in the 90s. It's like right. I would really look forward to it. It's really? A, oh, it's been around forever, and it's got a, a like a great reputation because. There's so many really good local New York comics. Right, yeah. So, like, you can there. drive. They can drive to Long Island and headline on the weekends, and it's, like, a great gig. Right. So they get, like, top-shelf guys every week. So it's, like, wow. you know, I mean, every time you look at the lineup, it's always, like, top-shelf national headliner guys. Like, I know when I was uh, in in uh, living in New York, I saw a lot of great guys there. I saw Jenny. I saw Jenny perform wow. there. I saw a lot of guys perform Well, I'm going to be there. driving in from New York anyway, so that makes yeah. sense. Oh, it's I'll, be, I'll be there this Friday and Saturday. You're going to love it. Next yeah. time you come on, you're going to be <clears throat> raving about it. It's fucking fantastic. I can't wait. All right, so that's the that's the shows we got going on. Oh, uh, and then this Friday, Diaz and I are in uh, the Grove in Anaheim. Uh, people... Uh, like when the the UFC is in Anaheim this weekend, so I always try to do a show like in the same in the same area, just mm. uh, for convenience sake. So um, that's uh, the Grove in Anaheim with Mad Flavor, aka Joey Diaz. There's still still some tickets available for that. That's <laughs> Mad Friday. Flavor. He's the greatest of all time. The greatest human I've ever he's met. Such a unique he's, dude. He, he's enriched my life in so many unique ways. <laughs> I talked to him today. What's happening, cocksuck? Everything good? What's going on? <laughs> What's going on? Every time you got to get your, your Joey Diaz fix mm-hmm. for the day of what's mm-hmm. going on. I was thinking about that. I was thinking about like um, when we were talking about reading this book, Going Clear, about Scientology. And if you look at any religion, a lot, I think religions get into trouble when they start talking about you t- going clear or becoming pure of any, uh-huh. in anything. Yeah. And I, I'm sure Scientology has its merits, but, but any religion, when every time you hear anybody, tr- the, the pursuit is the perfection, the purity uh-huh. of a human being, you got to be careful, right? Because we're just so complicated. And I was thinking about. The friends that I have that I really love are very far from perfect, pure yeah. people. So much of what I like about them is the flavor that they offer, which is that complicated, like, like just, just the fact that uh, if you were to look at those qualities like independent of the human being, they would not be very savory qualities, <laughs> but they're awesome. They're awesome know? in the right person in the right order. Yeah, because yeah. it's called chemistry. Yeah. It's just a mixture of, of different kinds of people in one body and it's just fucking great. And you can't scientifically quantify what that's worth, what personality's worth. Oh my God. You can't. It creates color. I'm not interested in somebody who's, you know, uh, completely... uh, Monk-like? Yes, or or (laughs) I understand that endeavor and stuff, but I I like people sometimes because of their flaws. Exactly. 
you know. You know it's not flawed on it.com. This is the beginning of the commercial. O-N-N-I-T. Use the code name Rogan. Save yourself 10% off. we got some uh, new testosterone-enhancing supplement, Brian Callen. You might want to look into that. Wait a minute. Yeah, what is I it called? It's called T+. Um, what, what it is is a combination of all of the known nutrients that people have uh, so far had success with so far in boosting, naturally boosting your own testosterone. Mm. The, the good thing behind that is if you're – see, if, if you're taking testosterone, like if you, if you start taking – especially if you start taking large doses of testosterone, your body will stop producing it. So it's like the key if you like using the testosterone cream, you're supposed to like do it like every other day. Mm. Like that's the right way to do right. it. That way your body you, – you give your body some but it still makes some. It doesn't feel like somebody else is doing the work and it's just going to shut down. Right. This does sort of the opposite of that. What this does is uh, allows your body to produce testosterone more efficiently. It gives your body more testosterone. Mm. So instead of adding to it, Mm -hmm. it enhances your natural ability to create it. it, So you don't have to worry about it killing your nuts. Right. So it's not going to have the same effect as supplementing testosterone artificially, I don't think. I don't think it's – I don't think – it's, it could boost you that much. I don't think it's possible. Because you could, you know, especially if you're taking an injectable, you could take a big fat dose and have a, a massive rage of testosterone <laughs> running through your system. I mean, yeah. that's one of the weirdest things about when you give people the opportunity to fuck with their hormones. People are really indulgent p- things. You well, know? what about <laughs> the, did you hear about this? What is this, did, did you read about this, this drug? Oh God, I can't remember. It'll come to me in a second. There's a drug that turns a, a regular heterosexual man into a gay sex addict. Yes, I told you about it. Is yeah. that you the it's one called Reequip? Yeah, the guy who in France we had this conversation. Do you remember? It's the greatest thing in the world. Yeah, there's a drug that's totally unrelated. No, but to that, this. that gives you an idea. But that, <laughs> that was gives you Parkinson's an idea. medication. But, but it gives you an idea. Yeah, right, it gives you an idea of what we are about. Like we're just a bag of chemicals, and if yeah, you fuck are. with the wrong chemical, yeah. all of a sudden I want to bang the shit out of guys in a bus room, John. That's a really extreme example. Sorry. Sorry, yes, sorry, sorry. it is pretty crazy that that they, they won. That guy won six hundred thousand uh, U.S. dollars. I, I need more money than that if I've been banging the shit out of guys <laughs> in anonymous places like bathrooms at a train station. The guy not only he was doing like really risky shit. He was into gambling. <clears throat> And uh, he was into uh, gay sex. Wow. He just would, would start going online and, like, soliciting for mm. guys to meet him and fuck him. And guys raped him and stuff. Really? And he, yep. And he never did any of this stuff before he took this medication. I just feel as though maybe the medication was an excuse. <laughs> I don't know, man. He, it was enough that this guy won in court. Wow. But just let's just stop and think about that. If there's the right combinations, like, you get the right <laughs> blast of nutrients... <laughs> Whatever the fuck it is. Oh, I want to you know? bang guys. I mean, can you imagine if like asparagus, <laughs> which is like really healthy for you, is really healthy for you up until you eat like a pound of it. Right. And then when you eat a pound of it, it blows the gay sex switch in the right. back of your brain and you just can't stop sucking cock. Well, what is it? Cassava? We might as, I mean, we're, we're so nutty as a, an of organism, course. our mixture of chemicals. I don't think that's no. that I far mean, removed uh, from possibilities. Well, cassava, like, you know, everything's a chemical. Cassava, if you don't cook it. It's very poisonous. Very poisonous. You'll die yeah. right away, you know? Yeah, they All cook raw it, foodies. And they cook it, and then they figure out how to strain it yeah. and take it out of yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? That's what people do when they're fucking starving to death, okay? Yeah. That's a sign of people that are really desperate to find something right. Let's get this poisonous root and cook the shit out of it and then drain it. You know what's not poisonous? Alpha brain, bitches. That's another thing we sell over at 
onnit.com, O-N-N-I-T. And uh, this a combination of, like, I should get back to that T-plus thing, the, which is the testosterone supplement. There's, there's real science behind it, and there's real, there's one of the ingredients is shown to uh, increase it would demonstrate the ability to increase free testosterone in one study by up to 42%, wow. which is pretty significant. Wow. It's probably, you know, like I said, not going to be what you would ever get if you took testosterone. Because if you take it, you know, you could, you could boost it by 100%. You could boost it by, I mean, if you're in really low numbers, you could boost it by two or 300% easy. Mm. You know, and that, again, that's an issue with people. You know, the, the ability to just drink Jack Daniels until you die is always there. You know, you always have that bottle, and if you're one of those guys, you could just drink that shit until yep. you die. Yep. Well, if you have, like, a jar of testosterone at home, and you, the doctor says, here you go, Sam, here's your needle. Don't put too much in at one time. We're just going to... There's always those guys. There's those guys that are just going to jam that fucker in and... Just run into trees all day. Moderation is for pussies! There's, there are some people that whatever it is, whether well, it's gambling look at body or builders. jerking off. I mean, bodybuilders or, are, are, you know, there's a guy I was looking at in the gym and I was with my friend and I, who, who trains me, he's an old school bodybuilder, he's like 58 and he goes, um, I said, how old is that guy? Like, he's got a, is he a guy your age? He goes, that guy's 38, bro. He's 38 years old. What? But he's a walking pharmacy, he spends 100 grand a year on, on, on everything from t- a test to deca anabol to, I mean, he's just a factory of... So he's just he's aging a professional bodybuilder. rapidly. Oh, yeah. And he said, my buddy had been around with all the, he was a top bodybuilder. He goes, look, he said, I don't care what anybody says. I see all my friends now. I see what's going on with their kidney and their liver and oof, all that oof. stuff from all that, all those drugs, man. <sighs> well, they, I mean, bodybuilding in its form that we see it today, it's, I don't think it's possible without massive amounts of drugs. It's not. I, I mean, I don't want to say for sure because I have seen some people that got really big without anything. And I yeah. know for a fact. There was a dude named Bre- uh, Brian Frazier. Very funny guy who's a comic, who's a, a writer from Boston. Yeah, I know Brian. Brian Frazier, yeah. he just writes now. I don't believe he does stand-up yeah, he was anymore. on Matt TV. He wrote on Matt the Did first he? year. Yeah. He was a very, very funny stand-up. Uh-huh. He's a really interesting guy. But anyway, he was fucking huge at one point in time. Wow. I mean he huge. Just from lifting. You would swear he was on roids. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't on roids. He was on discipline. The dude would eat really healthy. And he, would, he didn't even take supplements. He would just eat like It just depends also, they say, on the, the ma- myostatin foods. in your muscles. I mean, it's genetic, right? I mean, some people can um, just I don't walk know. by a weight. Brian is just like a super disciplined guy and he was just uh he was a little nutty (laughs) but he was fucking huge man and And he was totally 100 percent legit like he wasn't on any any drugs well brock lesnar if you ever see pictures of him when he was in high school as a wrestler oh yeah he wasn't doing he wasn't doing steroids he was just a freaking horse but brian wasn't my friend brian frazier wasn't really a big guy Mm. he just he got that big because of discipline he was a really disciplined guy you know, he was like very, very. He was the type of guy like we, he could focus on something and just fucking go crazy with it. And my, he would my trainer, lift for hours a day. My trainer looked at me. I said to him, "I was going to do due date at one point. I thought, and I was going to play the role that Danny McBride played. You know, uh, Joe, uh, Todd Phillips kind of hinting at that. So I was. He said, "But you got to be, you know, kind of look intimidating." I go, okay, "I'm going to put on muscle. I'll put on muscle." So I got to my trainer and I go, "Hey, I got to put on like 15 pounds of muscle." And he, he's an old school bodybuilder. He goes. Oh, you do, do you? I go, yeah. He goes, how do you want to do that? I go, I don't know. Just lift me heavy and I'll just eat a lot, I guess. But give me that. He goes, I do lift you pretty heavy. I go, I know, but what do I eat? He goes, uh, you, you want to do a bunch of protein shakes? Is that what you want to do? He's looking at me. I go, 
I know you're being sarcastic. He goes, yeah, you're a coat hanger. That's your genetics. I could put a little muscle on you. 15 pounds of muscle on you. I got to change your endocrine system, all right? If you want me to do that, I'm happy to. I was like, oh. Whoa. No, I don't want to do that right now. <laughs> yeah, that's creepy. Yeah. Those guys are going to fuck with you. I'll give you, I'll give you lots of steroids. And then you're about <laughs> 15 pounds in three months, no problem. But you still got to eat. This commercial's off the track. I'm oh, sorry. Shit. I keep doing that to us. .com, O-N-N-I-T. Use the code name Rogan. Save yourself 10% off any and all supplements, you dirty freaks. Um, we're also brought to you by Hover. Um, Hover is uh, a uh, domain name company. I've actually used them. I just used them recently. What'd you do? I, I registered uh, a website. What I'll tell website? you. I'll tell you about it when we get off the air. Secret. I want to let people know. Is it? I have an idea. I have an idea. I just I had a dream, and a dream what? came to me. And uh, in the dream, I started. Uh, that's not it. It's not Joe Rogan loves kissing dot com. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with kissing, Brian. You're not going to make me feel bad. Um, but uh, it was very easy. Um, it was very easy to uh, to manage. It was very easy to uh, to get who is domain privacy, like all that shit. It's really cool. The way they have it set up is uh, it's super intuitive. It's a good company. Brian, did you um, you know about what their situation is with uh, as far as um, uh, who is domain name privacy? Right. Yeah. They pretty much what happens is when you buy a domain from most places, you have to give your your real address because it's kind of like being you're you're registering something you know so you ha- has to be open for the public so a lot of people don't want that you know you, if you have butt sniffers.com you don't want people coming up you know like jewish people at your door so like you you uh uh you can do this thing what where, did you just say <laughs> jewish people why would jewish they, people they have bigger nose that's they like sm- sniffing butts better oh, I but see. what the fuck <laughs> is like, wrong with that. you I was I was like, where's like, that where's yeah. that uh, but anyways, you don't want people coming to your door and stuff like that, knowing where you live if you have like certain domains. So uh, what it does is is you can have this company pretty much own the domain for you, uh, so it covers your ass. So it it has the, it covers your your address and your private information through a company. So and usually you have to pay extra for that. And this like when you sign up for a domain name on here, it automatically is included with the price. Yeah, it's 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 a very cool company. Um, the same company that owns the people that own Ting. So it's the, yeah. we 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 applaud their ethics, um, and they're trying to do that the same thing with domain re- name registration. They're just trying to make a non evil company. It is possible, you know. And I I love when I hear about it. I love when I hear about companies that are trying to be ethical and they're just they're not trying to make too much money. They're not trying to rip you off. They're not trying to tie up in contracts. They're not trying to. You know, there's money to be made. It doesn't like everybody's acting like you have to extract the most out of people possible and, and no, creep the, on the them best, as much as the possible. The best way I've heard described that is that if you, you know, an ethical business is somebody finds out how something's being done and then comes along and does it better. Yeah, and you either pay a premium for that or you don't. But that's how you make money. Yeah, you can make. There's profit to be made, and but the system that they're bucking against, and there's quite a few cell phone companies that are bucking uh, against that now, is uh, cell phone co- uh, contracts, long contracts get mm-hmm. roped into. Mm-hmm. Those people, people hate it, and you want to get out of it because you want to get a new phone that's not available on your network. Well, you got then you have to pay them. Right. It's it's, it's kind of creepy. So uh, that company, the same ethics, uh, is how Hover operates. Mm. So it's a cool company, and, and we like working with them. Hover.com forward slash Rogan. You get 10% off of your domain name registrations. All right, we're done. Commercials. Feed me. Oh, cool. we, have, we, have, we have music. We have launch. We have taking. 
Brian Callens here, you dirty fucks. Yes. Joe Rogan Podcast, check it out. The Joe Rogan Experience. Train by day, Joe Rogan Podcast by night, all day. Powerful Brian Callen. <laughs> Ladies and my gentlemen. Man. Good to be here. Good to be here on the JRE. Good to be here with you, my brother. Always. Always fun when I come off stage anywhere I am and people always go, dude. I listen to you on the Joe Rogan podcast. <laughs> like they, 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 it's so great because people, it, it's such an experience for a lot of, especially young guys. It's kind of like their thing, and they think that in, in a way they always come to me like they're the only people on the planet that are actually listening. You know, they feel that way. They, right. there's, there's an intimacy that they kind of have. It's kind of cool. They're always like, dude, just so you know, I listen to you on the Joe Rogan. I'm like, yes, thank you. It's a weird little fraternity of freaks. It's 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 uh I notice it's actually a lot of just young men looking for positive example and yeah. sort of you know direction which well, is exactly what I needed when I was looking, that age Jesus Christ They're looking for someone who's older than them to be telling them the fucking truth <clears throat> That's right about life about insecurities breeding and also politics. telling them the way they yeah. feel yeah. is fine totally normal like, I, I walked around my yeah. whole life feeling inappropriate because i'm a fucking yeah. carnivore and 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 you know just in a carnivore in a lot of sense i mean just like just having inappropriate thoughts all the time you know as a young guy going i i monogamy well those t- that girl has huge tits why do i want to go to a strip <laughs> club hookers i can pay her to bang i can i can i, I why do i want to punch that guy in the face because he's because he's drinking weird at a water fountain you know what i all those things that you kind of have these impulses of, like I always would hang out with some people and they just seemed so civilized and I just always felt like like a criminal among fucking, like I just felt like I don't know I felt well, like well it's doing not even nuts. and you're not a bad guy by any stretch no. of the imagination but it's like what we were saying earlier during the commercials which if you're listening to this on Sirius XM which it is sometimes that part's missing is the people that we know that are flawed, like the people that we know that are fucked up, like they, they seem to be the most enjoyable to be around. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and but not, but the, the key is not evil. Not fuck, evil. Fucked no, up no, 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 and no. sweet. Like, exactly. Like Joey Diaz is fucked up. No, and you got to be ethical. Yes. You got to be ethical as a person, you know? Yeah. The, the, the ethical meaning, you know, taking into account other people's feelings and rights. I mean, yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. got to make sure. Yeah. But I, I think you and I always bonded on one major central issue. We were. Always honest with each other. Yeah, always. always. Even when we'd lie, like we'd say something to each other, I'd like, I'd like, say, it'd be like, I, I remember you did the same thing with them. We go, I, I said, you, you asked me a question and I said, yes. And then I, like, like three seconds later, I go, no, not really. <laughs> but yes, I want it to be, but that's not true. <laughs> you know, as long as you're honest about how you feel, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You well, know, you can come up to your friends and just be like, I fucked up. Yeah. I fucked up, man. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I feel terrible. Even if you, even if you did something terrible, like if you fuck your friend's girlfriend, like or something crazy, which Whoa. is like, and yeah, it's a did huge you ever thing. Do that? No, I never have. But if you came to your friend and went, dude, I, I fucked your girlfriend. I'm a scumbag. Punch me in the face. I'm a bad guy. It's really easy to forgive people when when they kind of are just honest with, I fucked up. I right. made a mistake. Right. I, I right. made a mistake. Right. I, I am, I'm weak. It's really hard to hate somebody for that. There's something very liberating about yes. that. I, I said, I said when Tiger Woods gave that terrible speech about, you know, well, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I, I take responsibility and he so wrote about it. I, I was like, Tiger, Tiger, get up in front of the world and go, hey, everybody, 
I've had to be perfect my whole life, and I feel bad about what I did. I embarrassed my wife. I embarrassed everybody else, and, and, and I, I, I'm going to do the best I can. I'm going to try. I'm a flawed guy. I'm a flawed guy. I, I, I have these impulses. It's really hard for me, and I'm going to try the best I can to be a better person, and that's all I can offer, man. I would have been like, you're being a human being. You're really talking to me. Like like somebody I can understand. Yeah. Because we're all way more forgiving, I think, than, than we give each other credit for because we all know how we feel inside. We're all flawed. Yeah. You, you know, I think. <laughs> yeah, and I think that one of the things that people are, are looking, pretending that they're not flawed, you're, you're – that dishonesty that you have – if you're not, if you're prison. not really, yeah, if you're not really looking at yourself accurately, like everybody that I've ever met that's a con man, like real con artisty, yeah, they've always seemed weird and fucked up. Yeah. Always, yeah. It's like when you're lying to other people, you're lying. You, you're also doing something to yourself. Yes. Who are you guys you're, talking about, by the way? Are you talking about anyone in particular? Um, Probably, yeah. but I mean, but, you just started but, talking but about like I don't, like, I don't, I don't have anybody specific in my mind. We're just talking about we're just talking wh- about life habits, yeah. and, and when you take shortcuts uh, and you get away with them when you're younger, and you think you get away with them. The, the truth is, we just we're talking about this before the podcast. There just aren't any shortcuts. Well, they fucking uh, they impede your development. Yeah. When when something goes wrong, you have to address it. You address it, and that's how you get better. Everything that I've ever done where I fucked up on, it made me better. At everything I've yeah, ever done, right. it's just uncomfortable. You, know, you don't want to feel it. That, uh, yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt. That that comes from also learning how to talk to yourself and being nice to yourself. Yeah, not being too hard on yourself either. Like this is a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah, take it easy on yourself. You know, and it also comes from building up like a database of you being a good person. Mm-hmm. You know, like you have to really believe in yourself as mm-hmm. a person. Like, you know, and, but mistakes and fuck ups and and things that you do along the line, those are like hugely important. They really are because the, when you're when you're developing as a human being and you're a young person trying to make your way through life, you're going to come across these situations where you do not know how to behave correctly, yeah. whether it's because of your emotions, whether it's because of your hormones, your insecurities, whatever the fuck it is. It's very possible for you to fuck up and make mistakes. But those mistakes are huge. Yep. All of those dumb things, those lefts when you should have went right, all of those things can be, as long as you, they don't kill you, you can learn a right. lot from them. I was talking to Bill, a guy named, I think it's Bill Unger a long time ago, who produced a, you know, a, a True Romance and all those movies. And, and uh, I'd written something, and, and I said, I'm trying to write this script, but it sucks. And he said, Brian, I know a lot of Academy Award-winning writers, and I don't know one of them that doesn't have a trunk a trunk full of scripts that are all shit. It yeah. took him a long time to get to that. Steven Soderbergh, I've read an interview, and he's done 26 movies, but he said before uh, uh, Sex, Lies, and Videotape, he had had five flops, you know, five terrible movies he made. He learned how to make a good movie by just making those mistakes. <laughs> it's never, there are no yeah. exceptions. Yeah. I, well, I, I mean, and if there are, I don't, I don't care. They're not it relevant. That's right. Yeah, That's right. Maybe That's some right. people have figured out a way through life without fucking up. Yeah, but you know, even, even in Malcolm Gladwell and Outliers was talking about Mozart, and we always say, well, Mozart was making music at six. He, he, I bet very, that music sucks. Exactly. He said his real, his real music that we listened to didn't start for 10, 15 years. Until, literally, he was 18 yeah. when he was making the music that you can listen to. So, well, yeah, I mean, that was not, not to shit on Mozart or anything like that. I think, but I think it's, it's the, 
the mistakes and the flaws and the fuck ups in life they're they're so critical for a sense of humor mm. they're so critical for understanding boundaries and limitations they're they're really critical man it's just they suck when they happen man yeah. like bombing on stage is fucking terrible but <laughs> It's been one of like the biggest peaks in growth in my stand-up career. I've come after like horrible, like no doubt, just devastating no, bombings. Where I was like, "Oh my god, I got to regroup." And then when I regrouped, boom, I came back like way better. Like I just much more focused. I don't know what I had done that led me to bombing. These few, I have like some peak peak bombings in my life where I go back and I look on them like real like life changing bombings. Oh, yeah, me I have too. like four like <laughs> meteor holes in my past. <laughs> Where I just ate a million dicks on stage. You're up there, and it's forever. I've had a few of those, Um, but one of the Uh. the biggest one, one of the I think probably the biggest one I ever had was after Jim Brewer. Jim Brewer and I uh, did a gig in I think it was uh, somewhere around New York City, like Nanuet or one of those places. And uh, we had we had worked together all week, and it was I should not have been headlining. I was not really ready to headline, right. but I was headlining. Like, I really didn't have 45 minutes. I just didn't. Yeah. I would stretch it out. It wasn't that good. It was just, it was like the beginnings of me headlining. Right. And Brewer was, first of all, greatest guy in the world. Yeah, he's a great guy. So fucking pure, yep. so in the moment. He's a good guy. Yeah, yeah. you laugh with <laughs> He's a fucking, he's a funny and guy. And he's funny as hell. Oh, he's hilarious. He, and he's such a sweetheart, yeah. man. He's such a good guy. Well, um, I, a whole bunch of factors contributed to this bombing. First of all, I, I had decided to start dressing like very nice on stage. My- <laughs> I did that once. I, I had leather shoes on. I was like, I, I can't, I can't, yes. I can't get my footing. You slippery. I thought I was literally yeah. on yeah. ice. I was like, yeah. I can't, because I, I, I'm so physical. I was like, I'm in leather shoes. It was a disaster. Yeah. I did that. I wore like <laughs> club shoes, club pants, a nice, thin, shiny belt. Good, oh good. my god, it was so gross. Oh, and I, I was, I was, uh, I think you know, I just looked ridiculous. I always looked ridiculous, but I looked extra ridiculous. <laughs> like I was trying to be. And Brewer went up in front of me and fucking destroyed. He caught this gear. He used to do this bit about coming home. He used to be, it was the bit was uh, him coming home fucked up, and his mother was just waking up and screaming at him, and like I, it's. It was like this demonic noise that he would do. He's got that face. He looks like Donald Duck when he's like, ah! I'm not doing the bit justice because it was fucking hilarious. And he was was in just super kill mode. You know how sometimes a comic just hits that super kill frequency where they're just laying it down, laying it down. And I was backstage and I was like, I can't follow this. I cannot follow this. I was like, I'm not going to be able to follow this. I just, I knew I couldn't follow it. I knew I couldn't follow it. I didn't have that much. I didn't have that much good material. Right. And I, oh would, god, my, the way my act was structured back then, I sucked. I, I had to do it in this order. Yeah, like I would start out with this. And yes, if I didn't, yes, yes. I'd be off the yes. rails and into the woods. I'd be dead. Oh. I had no flexibility. Right. So I went on and just, hey, Dick. Oh, oh my god. god, it was it was so bad. It was the, one of the worst bombings ever. I just couldn't figure out how to be funny. I couldn't relax. Yeah. You and that I on was tape, on a dude. tailspin. I wish I did. I have the first time I ever did stand up on tape. I'm, I, I got to find. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. You know, I would show it to people because it is important. There's some videos of me sucking on uh, Rascal's Comedy Hour. <laughs> oh, dude, that you see that one I tweeted, retweeted <laughs> yeah, the other yeah, day. Yeah, that's your yeah, voice you, is so weird. It's you were like, hi, guys. Little boy. Oh, the I was first only time 21. I ever, the first time I ever <laughs> saw you destroy was 
in and I'd actually never seen you know a lot of comedy and I I was like 17 years ago at the comedy store at the main room uh, there was this like Nina Hartley and some other like porn it was like porn Oh thing. I know what it was it was it was it was Blue Monday is okay, what they yeah. called it and what they did was they would show like a B porn movie right like it was like not really porn yes you know what I mean yeah. it was like they would like like dry hump and stuff yeah. and the, yeah, yeah. they would like oh pretend there but you didn't see any dicks going into vaginas or anything but they were it was, it was really the first weird. time I saw your tiger bit oh it was <laughs> so it destroyed I was like what the fuck? Because it was all these girls, and you were like this young animal. You were just like, and you go, look at all these sluts. They, like, the, the guy was talking about sluts. He goes, I don't think there's anything wrong with sluts. I think they're great. You know, and everybody's like, what? Everybody's like, what? what did he say? And then that was it. You were just off. It was crazy, man. That fucking tiger bit would bring the fucking house down. Yeah, that bit was hard to get rid of. It's hard to get rid of bits, isn't it? Like, that I, bit was. I miss my bits. Because like... that bit was re- really important to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> was, oh, yeah. That was like my first. It was who you were in a way. It was, you know? Yeah, it was my. My first like bit that at the time at least really represented how I thought about things. Yeah, I wasn't really ready for my feelings of letting go of everything I did on my first special. Like now I'm working yeah. on another special. Like I just let I literally haven't done it. I get people like call out and want want it, and I'll do it sometimes. But but letting that go is kind of like saying bye to old friends. Like yeah. though, I had really good experiences around that. You yeah. know, like the, the the when you I would do this churning butter bit, or I would do you know punching a cow to death. That shit was like yeah like i remember the, the, the feelings around it and it was so much a part of who i was and i remember thinking it up and i remember can't, i can't believe this is working and then you have to just let it go to reinvent yourself you know it's, it's an interesting it's an interesting kind of thing i guess maybe novelists feel that way or something I yeah know. i bet they probably do because yeah you, you let that book out and it's gone yeah you but if you're a musician a you can sing the same shit over and over again you know yeah that's cool too yeah. You know, I mean, but I that's not bored. our gig. Yeah. Our our gig is we got to come up with new shit. Yep. Yeah, we um I I I admire it in other comedians. So, I, I mean, it just seems to like it's always seems smart to do what you admire in other people. Yeah. So, if I admire it in other people, it's like, okay, I'll do yeah. that too. It's just yeah. it, I think constantly coming up with new stuff. Sometimes I think that sometimes I think that that's almost I like that even more. Like like, yeah. like when I have a day where I come up with an amazing bit or it just comes together. Yeah. I, I I my day is I'm just like, "Oh, I feel like I did something special, you know?" But you know what? There's also something to be said for doing a bit for a long time where you get that motherfucker down yes. to a samurai sword. Yes. You fold that steel and Dude, hammer it you, down. You distill. You yeah. cut it down to yeah, you carve it. There were some bits that I had by the time I first got an album that I had been doing for six seven years yep. and when you get them you could just get a timing thing with a bit you know how much fat is in the bit and how to cut the fat out and well how it's all rhythm it. it's yeah. all rhythm it's exactly like music it's yeah. like a song fiona apple said that you know she, she would see my bits and she would say you know it's a song you, what you're doing is working out the words and the rhythm and and figuring out you know where to place emphasis on what word, how many words to use in that yeah. sense. That is actually what you're doing. Yeah. You know you restructure it sometimes, and and sometimes you start with a kernel of an idea, and it doesn't come to you in its full kind of form for five years. Yeah. Which which I love because it's kind of like that mystical notion of it's always existed. Mm-hmm. You just had to keep mining. You yeah. know, your insides or whatever to find it, you know? Well, that's like the idea of sculpture is that that, yes. that always get existed the shit out underneath of the way. that rock. Yeah, yeah, you just got to get the other that's, shit out of the way. That's what Michelangelo said. He said, <laughs> it, it exists. I just got to get all this stuff around it away. 
Well, that is the way it. But that's know, the way it is with yeah. human being, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It, it definitely you simplify. Is. You simplify and actually get down to who you really are, as opposed to who you're trying or pretending to be. And um, inspiration comes in waves representative to how you feel about life. I feel like when I'm appreciative of life and I'm happy and I'm thankful and I'm healthy and I'm just in a, in a good groove socially, then inspiration just sort of flows in and out of my brain. Yes. Like I'm constantly coming up with new ideas. I'm much less troubled. But if I'm troubled about anything, if I have any you know, internal bullshit or yeah. you know, arguments with friends or anything, it, makes, it's a, it has a big impact Very on, much so. on how I feel, on creativity, <sighs> on, on my ability to, to expand on ideas. Yeah, you become, you become very sensitive to... To that, I, I certainly do. If I have anything I feel like I'm lying about, or mm-hmm. I'm not, I haven't closed an end. If yes. I have an open circle in my life like that, I, I, I have to take care of it immediately. Yeah. I think, in a way, that's kind of why the value of doing one thing really well kind of makes everything in your life come together. Like you, you can't, you almost can't do something at a high, high level. You, you know, without taking care of the other loose ends in your life, yeah. you know, th- that's kind of the that's kind of one of the benefits I think of. You know, you said something really interesting when we were together the last time we were in Vegas, and there was this, some talking about something, and there was thing, and and I said to you, you know, what do you think of that? And you said it was great. You said I don't I don't leave any room in my head for that. I don't that doesn't I don't I've learned to keep that out of my head. That's a beautiful thing to think about because that's an option that a lot of people forget. I forgot it. Yeah, where where you said that, and I went. That's that's. Uh, I was like, that's that's something. I you know what? I could make that choice. I could make the choice of not having that in my head in the first place. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm pretty good at it now. Um, I I I used to, I've dipped in and out on it. Everybody does. Ever since I was a, ch- a child, and uh, when I was younger, it was uh, much much harder for me to like sort of stay on tr- and not uh, obsess about things or think about mm-hmm. things. That I, but now I can like lock things out. I can look, you know, someone's a douchebag or someone, okay, you're just locked out. Yeah. You, you don't, yeah. there's no, I, I don't, I don't incorporate you into the experience of, of life. Cutting that's probably, that's probably yeah. called, that's probably called peace of mind. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It'd be, yeah. Well, you know, you know, you know who you are, you know, you know who you are. If you're self-evaluating, if you're constantly trying to uh, better yourself yeah. and you're self-judging all the time, which I know you are. Yeah. And uh, I try to do as much as possible. Any weird, freaky criticism stands out. You know, it's like any any uh, creepiness stands it's not out. Helpful. It's a so, form of procrastination. Yeah. And I think if you're a happy person and you surround yourself with good people and you're all working towards trying to find some path in each other's life, real conflicts are very rare. Yeah, they really are. Yeah, but you got to know when they do exist, what they are, where they came from. What you can do to stop them from ever happening again? Mm-hmm. What what you did to maybe draw them into your life, but don't well, incorporate them into your thinking. Yeah, that's another uh, interesting point. Is a lot of times we draw draw distraction into our life because it it takes the pressure off us, you know. Sort of, or you don't realize you draw focus from uh, you know other things mm. because uh, you you're intimidated by the process. Yes, you're intimidated by the process of creating by the process of uh, doing whatever it is you, you, your path is, whether you're an artist, you're, the process of starting your art. you know. Whether... Well, I knew a guy who was older who said, you know, you can even use fatigue to your advantage. Fatigue is energy. It's a form of energy. He said, you know,
know, if, if I'm, you know, a lot of writers will, will talk about, well, I'm tired. I'm going to write about a character who's exhausted. You know, I'm, I'm going yeah. to put this exhaustion, or a lot of actors will talk about that. An act teacher, um, Jeffrey Tambor, who's awesome, said, hey, you're tired? You tired? That might just be who the fucking character is today. What's wrong with doing an audition, yawning and being and, and not getting up? You uh-huh. might you might just get the part. You know, you can use whatever if you, you kind of learn how to master sort of whatever you're feeling at the moment and use that to your advantage. You well, know? the most important aspect I think of of your energy is you, you can regulate it a lot more than you think you can. You can regulate it by your choices. You can regulate it by your enthusiasm for things. Mm. You can regulate it by your attitude. Food you put in your body. Yeah, and it, your, your attitude is a really important aspect of it, man. The, the, the way you choose to direct the frequencies of your own mind. Mm-hmm. And if you're constantly in conflict, like sometimes you have to look at that and go, man, what am I, what am I putting out there? What am I, you know, maybe I should adjust my own signal because I'm, I'm, I'm attracting so many douchebags in my life. Well, like, there, what there's, is that? There's, a, there's a huge difference between critical thinking, knowing, knowing what's, what's good and bad for you, knowing the meaningful difference between things, and being critical. So a lot of people just are blindly just generally critical and they're coming at everything. Their first thing is a, is a, is a habitual criticism uh-huh. rather than uh, looking at a situation, looking at what's right in the situation and either praising that or indulging in that or just knowing that that over there, that isn't as good as this over here. That's critical thinking. You, so you can be positive in your mindset, which you should be, but you don't want to be – some people are so blindly positive that they they can't see you know mm-hmm. the, that disaster yeah. looms ahead right you got to right. know that critical but, thinking is very important what's not important is overly critical thinking right. overly critical thinking gets boring mm-hmm. cynical like nonsensical constant negativity it's like jesus fucking christ right. who wants to listen to this right. you know and some people don't understand that there's i want you know that one guy in work you're always in, ignoring him because when you're around him he tells you about his foot hurting I or know. He's got, you know what happens to me with those people, and I don't even—I I know I'm thinking of several people that I know who are pretty, who were pretty successful. When they show up, I get—I get literally, I'm like, oh no, it's a damper. <laughs> I get tired the minute they show up. I go, oh, I'm depressed now. Yeah. This guy just showed his face. Oh, there's certain people that when you're talking to them, you just really have to get away from their presence, like they're drawing from you. I wonder what the. Is that quantifiable? Could you put like a sticker on you, and people could like know for sure if the person that you're around likes? They kind of do already, you? don't they? They put a, they put a sticker on themselves. Yeah. And if you notice people like that, after a while, they just get left alone on a couch somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I knew a guy who used to, you know, he'd come to parties. We'd see him, and he just I would notice that after a while, he just end up being alone, and and talking to some girl who didn't know better. And everybody would just be – he was kind of like kryptonite. It was like kind of like people would kind of – if you spray a bug spray near a bunch of ants and they just kind of run to one side. It was really interesting. I was like, oh, I don't think that guy can come over anymore. He kind of sucks. Yeah, there's, uh, yeah. Well, there's, there's some weird fucks out there in this world. Mm. This, uh, the broad spectrum of human behavior. It's yeah. so, so much room for strangeness. Yeah, but it's a, it's a habit. You know, I think success can become a habit. You learn how to – like learn how to talk to yourself properly, learn how to take care of yourself and sustain your energy. Those are habits that you can get into. Yeah, I think when you're running into really fucked up people, with almost all of them, it's the childhood. Like what, what, what happened in your programming that you weren't able to escape, you know? Yeah, but I'm a huge – I'm very interested also though in, in – some people are able to 
put change into context so they can like it's kind of like when you take jujitsu from a really good teacher who breaks down who teaches you the principles and the bedrock before he teaches you all the moves mm-hmm. there there is a way sometimes where somebody can kind of like the, the one of the greatest things i ever heard from me that helped was um i heard somebody say uh sports psychologist said you, you most people have a primary question going on in their head and it's usually something negative. Doesn't help them. They're walking around going, "What if I? What if I'm not lovable? What if I fail?" And he says, "You can reprogram your mind to ask yourself a very, very empowering question, where the answer you're looking for is going to enhance you. It's going to cause you to reach in a in a positive direction as opposed to a negative direction." As, as an example, you you establish what you want to be, and you go, "What action can I take today to get closer to what I want to do or who I want to be?" Sometimes even just asking that question can put you. And like I, I think writing in a way is kind of like that too. You know, the ask goals. yourself a question. Yeah. You know, when you're focused and you have a goal, or when you focus and you have any any sort of endeavor that you're pursuing, you have purpose to your to your existence. You have like something that's like leaning you towards prosperity. You see an accomplishment at the head of the rainbow. You know. You know what I mean? Yes, it's I like, do. And when when you when you have like things that you're trying to accomplish, you learn about yourself along the way. Exactly. And a lot of people grow up in life without doing things like that, without having any challenges, without having any goals set, without having any guidance, without having any discipline, without having any and by, by discipline, I, yeah, I don't mean like someone telling you to do push-ups like military style mm. yelling at you. I mean the the ability to make yourself uncomfortable to get done what you know needs to get done, which a lot of people lack. A lot of people don't know even how to approach getting successful, too. A lot of people, like young guys, I notice, don't really know what to do with their energy. Like, they don't know what to focus on. And I always say just follow, try to try to ask yourself the right questions and, and find somebody who's successful yeah. and kind of follow their example. Sometimes that can help. And, you know? and, the, and there's also the, the issue with the word successful. Like, what is successful? Right, I mean, if right. a guy has a, a medium income, but he has a happy family and he loves his job, that's a successful no man. Doubt, no that's doubt. That's a successful person. Yes. I would way rather be that person than a guy who's very wealthy and completely miserable with failed relationships left and right. See it all the time, yeah. by the way. There's a lot of that. I met a guy. The focus that's required to get really, really rich a lot of times makes you a fucking crazy person. I was with Dove David off and the guy, this guy we met, he was a neurosurgeon and had his MBA. He was very wealthy with this trophy girlfriend next to him. I mean, he was wealthy, good-looking guy, and, and he started telling us about what an athlete he was and how he was a neurosurgeon oh, and MBA. And Dove, David off <laughs> was listening to him, and Dove went, uh, Dove went, ah, for a second I thought this guy was good. He's lost. He's completely lost. You know, it was exactly what he was. He was a grown man who was probably 38 who'd spent his whole life throwing on all these incredible, like, kind of accomplishments, right? Just right. like so he could say he had his MBA and he was a neurosurgeon and he had money and his girlfriend and he, he was an athlete and he was completely fucking lost. This guy couldn't sit still on his own skin. He didn't have a friend in the world. He saw us and he was like, I want to be friends with you and I'm going to do it by telling you about myself the whole night we were like i'm fucking allergic that sounds like a real crazy person but sometimes it takes a real crazy person to achieve excellence you know it it was a a really funny bill burr thing bill burr was on conan o'brien um and uh, he was talking about uh lance armstrong have you seen it brian no pull it up (laughs) it was fucking awesome Bill Burr was talking about, and he echoed my sentiments exactly on this whole Lance Armstrong thing about how, you know, in order to to be like the best fucking cycler dude ever, like you've really got to be some kind of psychopath. Yeah. 
you know, yeah. and 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 Bill had this whole bit about how you know everybody knew everybody was juice, and it's really, really, really oh, fucking funny. That. But well, that he, guy, I mean, a, Lance Armstrong, he's a fucking crazy person. Yeah, he is. He's a sociopath is what I think. Yeah. I mean, he coming after people, it's one thing if you do steroids. He threatened people. Yeah, he, he didn't, he did, apparently, from what I hear, he destroyed people's lives with those lawsuits. He would just come after you and try to destroy you. And meanwhile, they were right. They were right. That's crazy. That's what I mean by not being honest and being unethical. I mean, yeah. you can, if you want to do steroids because everybody's doing them, I'm not going to, I don't know what it's like to be in the Tour de France if everybody's doping and stuff. That's one thing. If you're going after people for telling the truth about you and trying to destroy them for years, and you're then, a scumbag. And then eventually admitting it? Oh, well, Jesus he's going to be in court Christ. the rest of his life, though. There, because, oh, yeah, he's going to die. Yeah, because he's, he's got, you know, a lot of the... He, he admitted, I guess, after the statute of limitations was over, but he's still... And let me tell you something, man. That dude lives in Texas, okay? And people in Texas, they're, they're like real men. And they don't like douchebags that much. And a guy like that... Let me tell you something, brother. What was that? That's just, that's that's my friend Will Sasso. That guy living. Oh, okay, that's it. That yeah, you got you guys have you to watch. Go to go to the vines. What, what where can they find Will Sasso's vines? Uh, if you just follow him on Twitter, he has a bunch. Dude, but the, the, look up the UFO one. That's this is the, the funniest. One. Will Sasso also has a series called Farting Benjamin. Go to go to hamfatter.com. That's his website. And it, I, I was telling you, you got to get him. Will Sasso, I want to say, is on the podcast. To me, is one of the funniest people on the planet. Is that a real tattoo? Quiet, Hulk Hogan. Well, let me tell you something, brother. You gotta wake up in the morning. Huh. Get up, dude. You quiet, Hulk Hogan. Well, let me tell you something, bro. Oh, that's wait, really funny. Check, wait, wait, check, check, check this. Show the other one. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. is my favorite. Watch this. 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 Watch <laughs> He's fucking. That's him all day. That is, that's Will Sasso folks, all day. Okay, let me for the folks listening, <sighs> listening to this, not viewing it. You, you were like, okay, that's the last of these fucking stupid podcasts I listen to. These stoner retards are ruining my brain. Writing notes on this one. This is a, it's a visual thing, ladies and gentlemen. You really have to. This is something we called, we did called Dream Crushers. Hey, how, okay, how did you? Where did the sound effects? Where did the sound effects come from? Sasso does everything. With what? Easy fucking. It's the same thing that we does on Ten Minute Podcast, which is our podcast. Mouth? You guys should listen to. With his mouth, he's just doing this. No, no, he's got like computer a machine. Movie. Yeah, he's got like sound effect machine. No, that's from the actual movie that or whatever they're. Filming. Yeah. By the way, he's ridiculously athletic. You see him; he's three hundred thirty pounds. Ridiculously athletic. Does Muay Thai. He's like so light on his feet. Oh, I got a pic- I got a picture of his calves. I have to show you if I can find it. <laughs> he's a freak, dude. All right, here's the. Bill. Okay, here's his Bill Burr thing. Okay, he was good. talking. I didn't about think Lance owed anybody. Uh, from Conan O'Brien. He didn't do anything to me. <laughs> you know what he did for me? He raised five hundred million dollars for cancer research. That's what that lie did. Yeah. yeah that's great. And everybody had the bands on. Remember the bands? Yeah. Sure. Right. On yeah. Last, that, that blocked out the sun. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, it wasn't to no, block no, out no, the no sun. No risk cancer. Yeah. <laughs> was annoying and I hated how Oprah was interviewing him and acting like she was dumbfounded that this guy would do this like she's been in show business for 35 years and she can't like wrap her head around some guy doing whatever it takes to get to the next level didn't she for the first five years have like midgets who wanted to bang their mailman's boyfriend and she she didn't want to do it she didn't want to do it but she didn't have the power to say no so she wrote it out 
And then when she could make a good decision, she did a show, but she stood on the heads of those little people. He's amazing. was a sociopath on a bicycle, all right? <laughs> <laughs> as far as, as, far as I'm concerned, we, we got off easy. Yeah. If that guy was working for a corporation, he probably would have been pouring stuff in the water supply, doing God knows what. <laughs> Just keep him on the bike. Just let him go up and down the hill. That's He's exactly not hurting right. anybody. Not hurting anybody. He isn't. And the top 20 guys, like, all tested positive yeah. for roids. So our roided up guy beat your roided up guy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and those guys who run that filthy sport who are sitting there going like, oh, this is absolutely, this is ridiculous. He, he doesn't represent cycling. Are they going to return all the money that they made off of that guy? Huh? They're going to turn in their yachts? They're not going to turn in their yachts. They're not going to do yachts. it. Everyone they're not going to turn in your yachts. <laughs> that's a, that was that's great. That's a great segment. Man. That's hilarious. It's, and it's so right on the fucking money. If really you go to teamcoco.com, you can see all the clips for Conan. Bill Burr is hilarious. And it's such a good point, too. That The whole thing is so ridiculous. The Tour de France in itself, it's wow. just so stupid. God, man. Long, crazy bike ride. It's crazy. That, by the way, some doctors, by the way, Brian Callen, because yes. your name is, by the way, Brian Callen. That's, oh, that's your nickname. I say that a lot, right? By the way. One of the things that they found is that uh, there's doctors that believe that it's healthier to do that race on the drugs than off the drugs. They're mm. like, it's such a grueling fucking pace right. that it's really unhealthy for your body. It's incredibly devastating mm-hmm. to your body. Mm-hmm. And if you're so on you the drugs, you need to you can replenish recover. your body. Yeah. yeah, you can recover better. They they literally get so crazy that they'll sleep. Um, they'll have the tour de front. They'll sleep on the ground. Uh, because the electrons apparently on the ground from like the the actual dirt or whatever it yeah, is, they help heal you. He helps heal you, yeah, faster. Yeah, so they'll like, sleep with their legs on the ground. I mean, it, it gets crazy. Yeah, people do that with like injuries, like they lie in grass, and right. other people tell them, "You fucking idiot, go to a doctor." Right. right, <laughs> right. Well, that's what I feeling. That was always my feeling about about uh, acupuncture, the where they'd be like, "If we put a bunch of needles in your face and you lie there for an hour, your headache will go away." I'll take a fucking pill. How's that sound? I'll take a couple of aspirin. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sold or unsold on acupuncture. I've done it a couple times. What'd you think? I don't know. Ah. I mean, it didn't. I, apparently, Jeez. it helped my back, but I don't think it did. Joey not, Diaz swears by it. He does, but look at Joey Diaz. <laughs> this sure is this round stuff comes off in my we'll socks. Uh, my, my feeling <laughs> is that there might be something to it. They punch me with those know? needles. Those in, Chinese on, people on, do voodoo on me, and my feet swell. Well, on Mil- Bill Moyers, when they hit certain parts of the feet, the the area that you know your brain would light up, right? So the, the, the Western scientists couldn't figure that out when they would put a needle in your, you know foot that corresponded to liver or something uh-huh. the part of your brain i guess that gets stimulated when your liver produces whatever it might be would would ignite you know and that's kind of interesting how do they know that it's on a special you can go to bill moyers what were they doing to like, they had like electrons on your brain like how do they how can they know what the fuck is going well on? that's that's how the big question when that was what was so interesting about the special where they the scientists had an Oh, I guess an MRI or, an, uh, you know, mid- Something imaging. Like that. Yeah, and, and when that par- those parts of the brain lit up, and they had a neuroscientist goes, well, that is the part of the brain that, you know, controls 
liver function or whatever. So they really did find it with yeah, their crazy and, needles? Yeah, and that's something that we can't, Western scientists actually can't explain. We can't explain why they have a graph of the feet, for example, that when, when, you, you know, when done properly, you can put a needle in that area and it'll cause, you, it'll, it'll cause maybe you to have a diuretic effect. So you might pee more. Um, or you can numb parts of the body you know, with, with needles. Uh, hitting different meridian points. That that's an interesting. That's kind of an interesting thing where you go, and then you hear these scientists, these 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 ain't, these uh, acupuncture masters who say, well, when you when you hit the right meridian point, I know because it feels like I'm holding a fishing line and a fish just tugs it. So it's more of a tug. So when I can put a needle in you, it feels like nothing. You you get to a point with your fingers where you, you know you hit the meridian point because there's a little but, okay, electric what, tug. What are these you know? meridian points? Is this fuckery? Is this fuckery? Is this just I don't like know. people believing? Is it a know. placebo effect sort of a thing, which the, we know the, is real? Well, the, 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 if you talk to a skeptic, a Western scientist will say that, in fact, what acupuncture does is it produces endorphins. And endorphins can have a curative effect, at least uh, in the short term, where you don't feel the pain anymore. So just right? by giving you the little needles? Yeah, so endorphins? you may get a euphoric feeling or a lack of pain because you're, you're producing endorphins. That would be one explanation that I've read. But the other notion is that there, there may very well be something to stimulating. Because the whole idea of acupuncture and a West, a Chinese medicine is the notion that you have energy blocks. You have, you have energy masses that when treated properly will release Okay, mm-hmm. so so there's a clog, if you will, of energy. Right, but based on what we know about the human body, right. isn't that horseshit? Um, again, I don't know enough, but I do I know, know that 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 I do know that some cancer research is is looking at the idea that we may we we may very well be be. I, I can't remember how they put it into context, but the idea that uh, tissue. Irregular cell growth could very well be the the equivalent of a traffic jam. So there is a stop of some kind of flow in that area. So looking at cancer rather as a traffic jam that needs to be unjammed as opposed to cut out. There's something wrong with that flow. That the, There is a body of Western thought based on empirical evidence that suggests that that is something to look at. That's a theory that they're looking at. If that's the case, that, that is somewhat in line with the idea that there is a blockage of energy and acupuncture helps release that energy. But so. it, it's, it's essentially it's just needles that go into skin, right? They don't really penetrate to nerves, it, do they? It, it, the nerve it, it, endings it, on the skin? I mean, I, again, I don't know enough about it. I've only had it what, done What could me, it but, possibly but be the, doing? The idea Electric, is rather than... Yes. It does electricity? Yes. 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 Like basic, like little teeny micro little jolts charges. of well, charges. Well, here's, here's what they'll like say. Magic. Here's, Maybe, the, right? here's the idea. Magic? When, when like a child... Static electricity. But, but you know what they say is... Is what that what it's supposed to be doing? I think so. I think because it's a big metal pole, it, it collects kind of like a, a small, very micro charge in each one of them. So. Yeah. Oh, so, I've never heard that. That's yeah. a, that. That makes more sense that the needles would be... But but that is true but, anyway. That's Western. That, that yeah, it, We do I have electric know. current in our body. That's right. true. And so the idea is... But what a Chinese doctor will tell you is it, take a child. A child is very flexible. A child, uh, like a, a baby, smells sweet, uh, um, has perfect digestion, is very flexible, moves around. That I, the idea there is that as you get older and you drink caffeine and stress and life and everything, those, those uh, currents get thrown off, get whack, 
They're not as they're not as pure. And so the idea is information isn't flowing as smoothly as it does when you're younger. And acupuncture helps to change that. If you actually look at what a lot of Western science is also talking about is that the body is a conduit for information. You cancer, the forefront of cancer research is actually about getting the, for whatever reason, when you're in the womb, you produce different cells, right? You produce cancer cell, I mean, colon cells and heart cells and things like that. When you get older, some people, for whatever reason, that mechanism to produce cells again clicks back on, okay? So all of a sudden, you're 40 and your body says, Let, well, let's produce colon cells. Well, you needed it when you were in the womb because you had to build a colon. Now you're 40 and the body, for whatever reason, goes, let's make more colon cells. And all of a sudden, you got colon cancer. The idea of some cancer research now is how can we scramble that message? If the body is telling itself to produce cells it doesn't need in the colon or in you know the pancreas or whatever, is there medicine? There's got to be a way we can get that we can scramble that code and get it to shut off, so the body stops sending the signal to make. Irregular cells. So irregular cell growth can be shut off by scrambling that message before it hits. If when it goes comes from the brain before it hits that actual cell. That right. that's really interesting. That that's, is interesting. So this is a way of regulating the body's electrical charge. Is that the idea behind currents, acupuncture? Currents. The, uh, currents. Yes. So the flow of electricity in your body. And by sti- I never heard that Brian that idea of uh, mild static electricity. That you're getting yeah. it out of the air. One of these guys online was saying that he he uh, he did it, rubbed his hands and fingertips on material, uh, synthetic material. He said it was the most powerful, generate a static charge in them, then uh, stimulated some points. Mm. I so don't know. It, I don't know enough about it. Yeah, but. I think there's a lot of different kinds of. It. I think some focus on the actual charge, and some actually focus on like nerves or. or well, the, or, the Bill Moyer special is really good. He actually goes to China. And goes and talks to these real Chinese doctors that can perform surgery on you, open surgery on you, not using anesthetics, but actually using just acupuncture. What? To numb that area. What? Yeah. Really? Uh-huh. Oh, my God. How goofy are those people? How crazy Go to a that? hospital, you fuck. What are you, crazy? Yeah. That guy's cutting but that, you open, that is significant. you with that little fucking wild. Yeah. Little TV antennas. Yeah. Get out of there. Run. Can you imagine that, though? What kind of nonsense is that? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I remember seeing this on Bill Moore. It's pretty wild. I mean, they, they were like trying to explain uh, that. My favorite acupuncture scene of all time is when Steven Seagal was in a coma for like seven years. Oh, it's the best. He was a cop, and then he comes oh, out and uh, he gives cures himself, himself cures himself a little acupuncture because, yeah. of course, he's a, an expert in the uh-huh. Asian medicine. Have and, you, do you ever have any interaction with Mr. Seagal? Yes, I've seen him in several UFCs. Yeah. Do you yeah. guys talk at all? No, I say hello to him. I yeah. say congratulations to him after uh, one of Anderson Silva's victories. <laughs> Wow. He look. He's a he's a crazy person, but he's a legit martial artist. Yeah. At least uh, as uh, an Aikido practitioner, he's really well respected. Yeah. That's no doubt about it. He's uh, you know he's a character. He's making yeah. money, making a living. Yeah. But he knows a lot about martial arts. You yeah. know, especially about Aikido. He's got, I think, a guy like Anderson Silva. One of the things that makes him <laughs> special is that he's really willing to incorporate all sorts of different things to his game that are very unique and unusual. And a guy like. Seagal has something to say. Yeah, I mean, he's a lifelong martial artist, and he might have a technique or two or more mm. that you know that Anderson had never heard before. That a guy like Anderson is such a good martial artist could incorporate into his game. Like, look, 
No one was front kicking to the face until Anderson Silva did it. That's right. That is a bo- the, the bottom line reality is no That's one true. was front kicking to the face until Anderson say, yeah. Silva started doing that. Tiago Alves said that that Anderson Silva is uh, like such a martial arts nerd. Like he just like that. Yeah. There's a, there's one fight where he used his elbow and he and he hit the guy with Tony his Fricklin, elbow. Yeah. cage rage. He'd been practicing yeah. that over and over again. Yeah, I told you the story uh, about were, how he, his his coach. Like you talked to Ed Soares about it. Mm. His uh, who was his manager. His coach was telling him to stop doing it because you're never going to do it. So he had to practice it at home with his wife. Right, 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 right. That's is that you told me? Yeah, that? I told oh, you okay. that story. Yeah, Tiago was telling me something about that too. And and uh, yeah, I think it's pretty out. legendary because it was it's such a crazy wow. situation the way Anderson yeah. did it. I'd never seen anybody do it like that before. He's he a good example in of a guy sideways and uppercut elbowed this dude Tony Fricklin, who's a real good fighter. And, yeah, and just blasted him out with that one shot. Well, you know um, what's also interesting about a lot of these guys is I, I noticed that Anderson when he I was looking at some of his old fights first of all he's made such improvement but he was about 160 when he came into the UFC and he was probably no oh, no 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 oh he's sucking no, down to that no no, no 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 he the UFC he's always fought at 185 not not UFC I mean pride but, yeah when he was fighting back then I think he, he was fought in at 162 170s. or something like yeah, that yeah probably the lowest he ever fought was in the mid 60s yeah. probably yeah. which is just a, you know he was smaller when he yeah. fought Takahashi he was uh, he was he was smaller back then. He walks sure. around what at two oh five? You think now? I mean, when you say walks around, like I bet if he's fighting at light heavyweight, I bet he gets to around there even lighter. But or, or rather uh, middleweight, he would get down to there even lighter before right. he started his weight cut. But I think when he's fighting at light heavyweight, I bet he's quite a bit heavier than that. Really? Yeah, I bet he's yeah two twenties or something like oh, that. Oh, he's a big guy. Yeah. How tall is he? He's probably like. I'd say when when he fought when he fought uh, Stefan Bonner, he fought at two oh five, and I believe he was like two oh three, two oh four. So it was like pretty close. Mm. And he's fought two oh five now three times, and you know he carries the weight really well. Yeah. He's not, he doesn't look fat at no, all. He no. looks great. What about Bonner? How much does Bonner walk around? He's much good. bigger. Yeah, much he bigger like than Anderson. But so when you say walk around at, it's like I don't think Anderson gets heavy in yeah. between fights. So yeah. I don't think he ever gets bigger than like two oh five ish. You know, I, I mean, I, I I'd say like if he was trying to get fight at two oh five, maybe he might let himself go up to like two twenty. You know, like do a lot of power lifting and shit. Sure, get a little just a little size on him. I don't know. You, what he's about such him? a master. Yeah, like only he would know how to correctly approach his body, and that's one of the things about him. It's so he's so good at preparing his body. You know what he recently said? He said he can make one seventy easy. No. Yes. Really? Yeah, he said he can make one seventy. Oh God. He be- I believe him. If he said he can make one seventy, I believe <sighs> he wouldn't even say that unless he's gotten pretty close. Is he going to fight GSP? He wants to fight GSP at one seventy, I think. Uh, so, so the fight is going to be him GSP, or is it going to be him John? Well, Jones? him and John Jones was one proposed fight, but him and GSP at one seventy would be fucking insane, and. It would cement Anderson Silva as, without a doubt, the baddest motherfucker ever. If he could actually, first of all, even get to 170, yeah, which I mean, is like, how is he going to do that? I don't know sick. how he's going to do that. I mean, obviously, he gets to 185 fairly easy. He yeah. doesn't look drawn out when no. he weighs in. He looks no. great. Yeah. It's another 15 pounds, what, water weight, right? I mean, <sighs> that's a lot. That's a lot of weight. Uh, that is a lot. Think about what 15 pounds of water feels like if you're yeah, carrying 15. What is it? Two gallon jugs? Yeah. How much is a gallon? How much weight does a gallon have? Um, Jamie, any ideas of, ga- of water? Well, we can figure it out. Eight ounces is. Think one. about what's one gallon of water weigh? How much does one gallon of water Four weigh? Four pounds. I'm on it. No, no, it's uh, Siri. Two okay. pounds. Brian, here two, you two go. Pounds. Three pounds. 
How much? It is ooh, eight uh, ounces. Three hundred three thousand seven hundred and ninety grams. Uh, eight and eight point three five pounds. Eight. Okay, so this eight and a third pounds. This is essentially we're talking about two gallons of water. That two big jugs. Of, yeah. of body fluid. That's a, a lot. lot. That's a lot. That is a lot. That's a shit. That's load. scary. That's like you dying. I used to. I remember sucking weight, and I used to just literally have dreams of being in the desert. It's the worst. <sighs> it is the worst. It's a terrible experience. Oh, yeah. I did it and fought in Taekwondo tournaments, or fought the same day. Cut because they didn't have like weigh-ins. No, same same with the wrestling the back then. We used to wrestle, and we'd weigh in the morning, and you had all you know. You'd have to you'd have to rehydrate. I remember just drinking water. Yeah, it's it was really dangerous too. They didn't know it back then, well, but for head injuries, yeah, it's super dangerous. Yeah. You take like saunas, and kids mm-hmm. would die and shit. Yeah, kids die every year wrestling, trying to make weight. It's so crazy, and it fucks up their growth. Kid I went to high school with, he had his brothers, all of them, six one, six two, six three. He's like five six, oh, five no. five, five six. It's not even because he, he cut weight his whole high school yeah. career. It was just constant yeah, cutting crazy. weight. Yeah. And he shrunk. I mean, he, the dude was, like, always sickly. It was like he was poisoned his whole high school career. Yep. He had no motivation for school. He had no motivation for classes. I would run into him. He'd be all slack-jawed. Oh, i got to make mm, weight. No, yeah. It was fucking brutal. It's ridiculous. It's, it's a travesty. It really is. You know, the kids should be competing at their natural weight. They should well, be they tried no- to do certain things like that. where they, 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 he, he You know, can't encourage them. You can't use I – in, I know in high school I believe you can't use any kind of sauna. You're not allowed to use any of that stuff in, in high school. You're not yeah, but anything. even that, even just not drinking water for 24 hours and yeah. trying to dry yourself out. And what are you doing? I man? took my girlfriend's dehydration pills. Or you know, when you're bloated, you have your period. I remember it's, the all New England. Everybody's like, yeah, hey, it's part of the sport. It shouldn't be. It really shouldn't be because what wrestling really should be all about is finding out what is your real weight. What's your what's your weight when you're in shape? What do you weigh? You weigh 150, and there's a 150, and we'll make it between 150 and 154, the or 154 that, to 147, or whatever the well, fuck it is. The you thing know. is, though, is technology. As we learn more about the human body, and we're able to measure these things, like football. Look at football. Mm-hmm. We're starting to realize that those head cracks are actually really causing major long-term damage, pugilistic right. dementia and stuff like that. So now you're watching your favorite player, and you're like, is that guy going to be eaten out of straw when he's 60? Like, I don't really like it anymore. Anymore. I, I go, you right. know, the, and, and by the way, ethically. By the way, Brian Callen. Oh, yeah, damn. Yeah, by, by the way, <laughs> ethically, if you know that your player has a concussion, but the game is riding on it, it puts, it, it puts a lot of pressure on everybody. A player yeah. wants to play, yep. everybody wants to play, but if we can actually prove scientifically that's bad for you, right. now you're dealing. I guess the answer okay, is but better, then you're talking better about equipment, right? With two different issues, because you're talking about growing adults. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're also talking about professional athletes who right. make a, a choice, a choice yeah. and they make a substantial yeah. amount of money for this risk that sure. they're about to take. Whereas a high school kid is literally fucking up his high school future. Right. He's fucking up the way his whole life is going to be. He's, he's, his first steps of his life literally can be fucked up because he's cutting weight yeah, all the time. Yeah. I mean, when that, par- that, during that wrestling too. season, yeah. I, that, I'm telling you, this kid had no fucking energy to do anything. <sighs> his jaw was always slack. And when he wasn't wrestling, Wrestling, like he would get a little fat in between. He was always worried about his weight, so he never really like ate crazy. Like yeah. even in the off season, because he knew he was going to have to cut weight next season. Uh, but he would, when he would walk around, then he'd be like normal. He'd be like right. a fucking normal dude. Like, right. hey, he's back. 
Regular Steve's back. Yep. But then fucking wrestling season just slack jawed. Uh, and the winners, by the way. Where was this in Boston? Oh fuck yeah. Oh, yeah, Newton. So cold. Oh Newton that's where I, I that's where I, I went to high school up in Massachusetts. It gets very cold. But it's beautiful. You know? Yeah. And they're good people up there. They're real humans. A yep. lot of a lot of real humans up there. Yes, they are. You know, there's no one there's very few people trying to pump you a script and no, man. tell you to listen to their CD. Just living their <laughs> lives, man. Just living their lives. Good or bad, for good or bad. Yep. As long as they can keep it together. It's kind of one of the things I really love about doing the road and just going to different parts of the world, uh, country, I mean, and just, uh, I just appreciate it, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. I think it's important. you got to get a broad spectrum, a broad uh, f- feeling of all these different communities and different ways there's, people rock it. And there's a difference, to, correct me if I'm wrong, like like Long Island where I'm about to go or New yeah. York or Philly or, you know, when you go down when you go down to these places, the East Coast, there is an aggressive gene. In oh, that, yeah. in the, in the, it's much more aggressive more. Than, than macho than, say, the West Coast or like, like Seattle, San Francisco, even Canada. You go down to like Long Island. I haven't been to Levantown yet, but I mean – but like New York, Philly, Trenton, New Jersey, it's a it's an aggressive group. Of, it's it's twice as likely to punch in the face. That's right. Yeah, they're uh, twice as likely. That's it's exactly right. Fifty percent more face punches in, <laughs> in Jersey. <laughs> you can get in a fight. You can get in a fight easily in, in places yeah. like that. Long yeah. Island, you walk in with the wrong shirt. Like Dove Davidoff, you said his mother would send him to school with like pita bread, and he's like, you know, mom, in New York, in Union, New Jersey, if I'm going to school with with pita bread. I'm playing. They 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 beat the shit out of me because I'm a communist. They're like, "What's with your healthy bread, you commie? Where's your you wonder got tabbouleh? bread?" Yeah, you get tabbouleh in your lunchbox, yeah. you fucking punk. I remember working at a bank in New York, and I would order like I'd bring come home with a big salad, and my my Irish friends from like the Bronx and Brooklyn would be like. The fuck is this guy doing? Eating a bowl of twigs? What are you, a fucking rabbit? Isn't that funny how much we judge people based on what they eat? <laughs> we oh, totally food's emotional, do. dude. Totally do. Like, what are you having? You having the fish? Oh, God. The fuck are you doing? You're at a steakhouse and you want to. I'll have the salmon, please. What? You get, you're having what? You're not in my hunting group anymore. You're having the fish at a fucking steak well, restaurant? Well, the minute I hear somebody's a vegan and you talk about it, you stand up. It was great. But it's, I'm, I have a tough time not having some judgment. I'm always like, ah, oh, yeah, this guy's a vegan. I see what they're trying to do. I see it. Yeah. I get it. And it's, it's a future concept. It's going to sure. work really great when you're symbiotically attached to robots, getting all your energy from the sun, and you don't need food. But I mean, you know what? You're not going to get blowjobs then either. It's just going to be a, a chip that you stick in the back of your brain, and all of a sudden you're getting blown. That's you know, great. It's the the reality of the pursuing an actual, real, honest to goodness blowjob that's going to be lost forever. And yeah. don't think that that's not going to weigh on you because it is. Yep. You're going to know that you're going to just pop a chip in your head and off to the Barbados, get your dick sucked on the beach. You're going to know it's not real. That's you're going to go insane. Yeah. You're going to lose your mind. You're going to drift in and out of those dreams, never knowing which one's real and which one isn't. Yeah. Sticking random dick-sucking chips in the back of your brain and <laughs> popping off for five-minute vacations one at a time. <laughs> it's just going to be virtual sex yep, everywhere you look. It is, and it's not going to be fun. No. Everybody's fucking it up. The, yeah. the, the beautiful time is now. This is the roaring 20s of the technological right. age. This is the beautiful time. Because we still are attached to our biology. Yes, we're still attached to our biology, but we have Google. Yeah. We're rocking it with navigation systems on your car, yeah. Bluetooth headsets, yeah. flying in planes, yet people still have blowjobs. You still yeah. have whiskey, you still have good music. You still have smells, you still, you still have, have live comedy shows. You still have to work shows. for something. You can still get a steak. Look at that fucking picture. There's a photo that Brian just put up. Uh, This is from Jeff Richards. Jeff Scott. Jeff Scott, sorry. Uh, Jeff Scott's um, Facebook page. And it is Sam Kinison, Ted Nugent, and Robin Williams in the back of the comedy store. 
And that just shows you what kind of fucking history the comedy store has. Because first of all, this is Kinnison before he even made it. Because wow. if you look at the way he dressed, Kinnison essentially, after a while, like, started to wear like an outfit. He wore yeah. a beret. He wore the overcoat. And this, he's got like a golf shirt on. No, and it's a- Miami Vice. You can tell that. Is it? Yeah, that's a sports jacket over the white t-shirt look. Nice. <laughs> oh, you know, Ted Nugent has that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm saying oh, yeah. Kinnison. Oh, yeah. Remember, Kinnison used to have like he had like an outfit. Yeah. He'd wear a t-shirt, trench coat, a trench coat, yeah. and a ba- and like a beret, yeah. right? Well, he's out of costume. That's like a rare photo of Kinnison just being Kinnison, just hanging out with it's a thick like, guy. Oh, he's a, a an animal. Yeah, his his book is fantastic. Brother, is it? yeah, brother Sam. Really, it's, uh, his brother wrote it about him about what he was like. What was he like? He was a regular kid until he got hit by a car. Oh, he did. Got hit by a car, hurt real bad, yeah. fucked his brain up, and then from then on, reckless. Really? Wild, crazy motherfucker. Wow. Like, like that, that accident created Sam Kinison. Really? Look, look yep. Eric Clapton, Sam Kinison, Phil Collins at the Look at their oh, high pants. Look at their that, high pleated pants. Now that's Kinison when he became famous. Yeah. Look, he's actually wearing a dice jacket there. Look at that. But he had the beret. He had the beret and he had the crazy hair. And that's like a, a very dice. Oh, he got enormous. Yeah. Everybody knows that I'm a fucking huge, huge, huge Kinnison fan. I've always been a, a gigantic Kinnison fan. Why do you but like him so much? I just loved when he came out. When, when he came out, I just thought he was the most irreverent, the most like, like he was just the way he was talking about certain subjects. I mean, you got to realize this is, we're talking about the 80s. Right. You know, the way he was doing all those bits on religion, I had never heard anybody attack religion like that, the way he was doing it, mm. and do it in a way where he was like, he was a qualified spokesperson. He was a former reverend. Right, I was going to say, you know? he was a minister. Yeah. yeah, and he was just, his take on shit was so off the deep end crazy. It was like... I never thought that kind of comedy was possible. I had to see it. I, I, I always assumed that stand-up comedy had a very similar form. Like, you see it, like, like mono, m- monology comedy. Like, monology guys who just yeah. stand in front of the microphone and talk like that. Yeah. And then I saw, like, Richard Pryor, and I go, oh, there's some physicality to Richard's approach, and he's a lot more honest than the monologist, and... And then I saw like Jerry Seinfeld. Oh, what he does is like he's just got this really clever way of looking at things that he draws you into it. And then all of a sudden there's a fat guy with a trench coat and a beret doing a bit about ne- homosexual necrophiliacs who would spend money to spend a few hours with the freshest male corpses. So he does this fucking bit, man. And it was so funny that I was working at, a, a, at an athletic club and the chick that was working behind the counter... She redid the bit for me in the parking lot. That's how I found out about it. She wow. told me, you got to see this guy, Sam Kinison. She's on the fucking parking lot in, in the, 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 right in front of the Boston Athletic Club in South Boston. And she's on her stomach going, you mean life keeps fucking in the ass even after you're dead? It never ends. It never ends. Oh, oh. <laughs> Her impression of him, of Kinnison, yeah. was making me laugh, and my eyes were wide. I'm like, that's brilliant. And then I saw it. I got a hold of that HBO special. I believe I got it in VHS. Uh, I didn't actually yeah. see it when it was on HBO. I got a copy of the tape. We're ancient. And when I watched it, I remember going, whoa. Like, I didn't even know that that, like, I Did changed, that one got you into stand-up? Yes, yes. It changed my, my view of comedy. Huh. 
it changed my view of comedy because then I was like, well, well no, that's because you had a, you had a too. way in. You're a little bit like that, right? So you I was had too crazy. Like what you're talking about before about you. You're, yeah. I was I felt too crazy for everybody around me. Yeah. And when I when my friends were telling me that I was funny, I was like, listen, you like me, so you're laughing, and I understand that. Right. But I'm I think I talk about crazy shit. I'm an asshole. Like like the things that I think are funny, like a lot of people are going to be offended by. Right. But until I saw Kinnison, I was like, oh, that's possible too. Yeah. Like I didn't even know that that was an option. Well, because it's because it it represents a true side of life that we don't talk about. Yes, right? exactly. I ever told you about my acting teacher who came... You talk about with your friends in quiet, you get together. Right. And you go, so what happened? So I got one knuckle in her asshole, right? I can't believe this crazy bitch. She's going to hit me. I'm like, I don't want to hit you. If you don't fucking hit me, I'm not going to suck your dick. Boom, I hit her. And, and you and your friends are dying laughing. Right. Could you tell that story on stage? No, no of course no. you couldn't tell that story on stage. No way. You, you never could... hit a girl before? Never hit a girl before, but I hit the fuck out of this one. She was asking me to, man. I didn't know what to do. And you're looking at your friend going, I don't even know how to judge you <laughs> right, here. Right, I mean, those kind of stories you can't talk about on stage. No. We would always have those. Yeah. You know, it's like what you said about me is how I feel about you is that you're an incredibly honest dude and yeah. we're, we're very honest with each other. We've told each other some crazy oh, stories yeah. that we both have done. So in knowing like what a person's written, that knowing that there's other people out there, it, you go, okay, I'm not crazy. No. I'm just navigating this insane landscape. Right. And I'm going to fuck up along the way, and there's going to be a lot of places where I shouldn't have gone, and people I shouldn't have hung out with, and some danger I shouldn't have stepped into, but, you know, that that's that's all a part of the whole situation. Yeah, by the way, you might have made an even bigger mistake. Uh, you know, every time and I look back on it. done it. <laughs> God, man, exactly. Uh, Joe, uh, you know. your, your werewolf, by the way, yeah. is amazing. It's insane. It scared me when I came in. <laughs> yeah, it scared yeah. me too. Pat McGee, there's a guy named Pat McGee from McGee FX. Dot com and I, um, he's a, a special effects guy and a very very cool dude. And uh, I hired him to make an American Werewolf in London replica for the studio, and it's huge oh, and it is fucking terrifying. It's it's really fucking it's scary. It's you can amazing, see the man. the pictures. Uh, they're on my Twitter, on at uh, Joe Rogan or on my Instagram, which is. Uh, Joe Rogan Experience? Is yeah. that what it is? Yeah, Joe Rogan Experience. It's not the Joe Rogan Experience. No, just Joe Rogan yeah. Experience. Yeah, just one word, Joe Rogan Experience on Twitter. You can see the photos of uh, the first ones with Brian. So you get a, a chance to see the perspective of this thing. It's it's really big uh, dude, and terrifying. Dude, we were like, we were going, Joe and I had a very serious conversation about whether a bear would eat it. A bear would eat it. it. And and by the way, it's, it's like, I guess the size of a big lion. I think it's yeah. going to kill a lion. It looks just very athletic, dude. Yeah, it looks very athletic. It, can jump it probably high. has the mind of a human, yeah. so it'd be even more dangerous. Yeah, and it it's can, supernatural. It's so supernatural. I don't, think, I don't think you can even kill it. So what the fuck is a lion going to do if only a silver bullet kills it? Not it's just going to rip up a lion yeah, apart. Yeah, it's going yeah, to fucking do whatever it wants But to. a tiger will mount it and fuck it and make little tiger werewolf babies. Probably. That's what a tiger Maybe would do. Maybe it's a Tigers are tigers. so big, they would fuck that werewolf up, man. Yeah, tigers are no joke. Yeah, tigers are much larger. And bears would probably fuck up tigers. I just um, want to put big, this thing so on big Runyon. Grizzly. Oh, yeah. I, I think we just put this thing out on Runyon Canyon so all these little <laughs> girls are like walking up, like, let's hike, and then just put this thing in the grass looking around the corner or something like that. Well, did God you hear about that? Camera. Did you hear about that dude That's in Montana that dressed up like Bigfoot? Oh, no. He tried oh, yeah, to stand yeah. by the side of the road. That's how you get shot. He got killed in a car. He got hit by one girl, oh, one teenage no. girl going this way. She hit him, and then when he laid in the road, another teenage girl no. going the other way ran him over and killed him. 
Dude, oh, did you see what this breaking wow. news that happened right when we started? A corpse was found Ooh. in an L.A. hotel's water tank. People have been drinking water and no. eating out of this water. They found a, a, a body in there that's been in there for two weeks. This is that girl. Yeah. This what is that girl? girl they they had been looking for her. Where is she from? Is she from Taiwan? Uh, touristing at a Los Angeles hotel. Where is she? Uh, Toronto? That's, she, that's murder. She, oh. uh, yeah, Canadians. Yeah, I knew this. Suspicious was... death. 21-year-old. Oh, fuck, Poor man. girl. What a trash. They won't say what the hotel is, but it's freaking <sighs> me out. Dude. So it was a water tank for the hotel or a water tank for the city? The city water. No, tank? it was like the hotel's water tank. So that means like How'd the, the guy oh. get her so up there. So like you're drinking hot, like you'd be drinking green tea with everything, pretty much. Oh my god, oh my god, decomposing. Dude, for I can't two believe weeks. you said green tea, you sick fucker. Dude, this lady, man, this poor lady. That poor girl. I I saw that when they were. I retweeted it. Somebody uh, had tweeted that this lady was missing, and but whenever a woman's missing, it's always like, oh uh, shit. A child or a woman makes me yeah. so. It just it's it's like the worst. There's thing one in the out world. there. So because now we there know. are people who can't. You know, their families can't live until they find out what happened to that child. Yeah, but. and also now we know there's one out there. There's a guy out there that killed a woman. Yeah. So we have to figure so, out who. The so fuck what was that guy yeah. is, what was the know? story before this? So you already had heard of this girl. Like yeah. she was missing. She yeah. would. She just one day disappeared. I don't know. I just got a tweet, and uh, it's the weird tweet though to said be, that how'd, they, how'd the guy get her into a water tank in a hotel? That's that's what's really crazy. Shit yeah, like that. I don't know. must have worked at the hotel or or had something to do with the maintenance at the hotel. Ooh, look at Brian; he's Columbo in this motherfucker. Jeez, Brian. Yeah, you're right, but totally, or just understood where People it was. People are so fucked up. I, you know, um, when I, when you were talking about uh, to change the subject a little bit, when you were talking about. Uh, being honest and crazy. I had a great acting teacher. I think I can say his name because he actually talks about it, and he's a really good teacher. He was a medic in Vietnam for two tours. He's seen everything, you know? And he was like one of the first pre- people to somebody said to him in class, you know, we stay class from 7 to 12. I, I'll say it because I love him. His name is Richard Lawson. He's a really special guy. And uh, he's got a great acting class. And he said, uh, somebody said, I never seen you yawn. And he goes, yeah, because I don't put my attention on myself. I put my attention out there. I'm not thinking about being tired. I don't focus on the fatigue. And they were like, what do you mean? He goes, I learned in Vietnam watching when a Viet Cong, when an American would get shot a lot of times, they'd go into shock. When you get shot, you go, oh, my God, I get shot. And a lot of the time what, go, what causes you to go into shock is also the notion that you get shot and your heart starts beating really fast because you're terrified because you might die. I mean, you, you go into that notion. The Viet Cong... They'd get shot in these horrific injuries, and you could still interrogate them because they'd be putting their attention out there. They would immediately start focusing, and their whole way of thinking anyway was they were a leaf on a tree. They weren't the tree. So for whatever reason, they wouldn't go into shock as quickly. They would immediately put their attention on you know something in front of them. So they weren't focusing on the wound. And he said he used to see that when he was a medic taking care of people, and he saw such a fundamental striking difference in the mindset between the Viet Cong and an American GI. And he was so impressed with their ability to focus on anything but themselves. They were not part of this equation. They were a very small part of the equation that he used it in his own life. You know, he, he would use this idea if he was tired or, you know, feeling sick, that he would just literally put his mind over there, off himself, take mm-hmm. himself out of the – and actually watch himself move through what he had to get done. I bet you probably get a lot more energy out of just doing that than opposed to like festering on the idea that you're tired. Of which, course. Which is, I always found that the things that I detest the most in other people are the things I'm terrified of seeing in myself. Mm-hmm. And a person who doesn't know how to like push through shit and get things done and just, come on, come on, get up. Just yeah. do it. Get it yeah. done. Get it done. Because I'm done. terrified of being that guy. Yeah. I'm terrified of not getting shit done. Yeah. 
you know, and it, it forces me to find it to be gross in other people. You know, right? But it's like one of the things that scares me about um, them taking a wrestling out of the Olympics. Ah, oh, it's the worst. Yeah, it's crazy. The oldest sport in the Olympics. It's, it's and the fact that it's not even in every high school. I think there's some real lessons to be learned that a lot of people are never going to learn. And those lessons are how to get through difficult shit, Mm -hmm. how to get through physical difficult shit. Mm -hmm. And doing things physical, which a lot of people are avoiding, you get a a more balanced mastery of your own mind. And that's a fucking important aspect of being a human being. And a lot of people are skipping that step. A lot of people are skipping that step. I agree. It can it can fuck you in the long run, man. It can give you the extra push towards saying something stupid. It can give you the extra bad energy to take a well, left turn. Well, you know, look to get good at anything. You know, let's take wrestling or jujitsu as an example. If you're you, if you want to get good, you better work at what you're bad at. You better work mm-hmm. at the things you're bad at. You can't go in there and tap people out with the stuff that you constantly know because the guys that are working on the stuff they're not good at are going to surpass you. You just learn that the hard way if, you, if you're not careful. And I think everything is that way. You know, you better, you better work at what you are and you gain a lot of it. A lot of the times they'll tell you, you know, hey, you're bad at music, bad at a musical instrument. Learn how to do something. What I like about doing playing the drums, I got to learn how to do four different things with each, each limb. It's really difficult to do. I gain a lot from just the practice and the stretch of trying to learn how to be, uh, have all four limbs doing something independent. That's, that's yeah. really interesting to me. It actually changes my whole mindset. I actually approach things very differently for the rest of my day. It's really weird. I can't explain how or define how, but it does make a difference. Well, I think when you take on new activities, your mind, when it starts concentrating on some new thing, whether it's playing drums or a new game you're trying to master or whatever the fuck it is, when your mind gets really enthusiastic about things and starts trying to figure things out mm-hmm. and working towards and, and achieving like little goals, you get invigorated. Yeah. It's this feeling of invigoration whenever you pursue anything that you find to be fun, anything that you find to be stimulating. But the real thing is like everybody's idea of what's stimulating is different. Right. It just is. Thank and, God. And the, the real problem is like that poor kid whose fucking dad keeps pushing him into football and he really wants to suck cock and dance. Yes. You know, I mean, he'd probably be the best dancing cocksucker of it's all like time. It's like the movie Billy Elliot. Baby. Remember <laughs> Billy Elliot? It's like, ballet! You do ballet! Listen. You know? I didn't see the movie oh, Billy Elliot. Yeah. I'm a man. Like I'm an actual man. That's why they need baby That's grinder, though. Or, or you got kids for kid grinder. No, he comes from a coal what mining family. I don't even family. know what Billy Elliot is. Oh, he comes from a coal mining family, and the guy's like this hard-ass coal miner in the north of England, like Manchester. Who's in this movie? But just an English movie from Manchester, and the kid wants to be is a ballet dancer. Is this an independent dancer. movie? Uh, no, it's really <laughs> popular there, but he wants to be a ballet dancer. He's an amazing ballet dancer. He's an incredible dancer. And his father's like, ballet! Ballet! Like, he can't believe it. He's so angry. He's like, ballet. My son's going to do ballet. Not on my, you know, and it's just a disaster for him. But that's what he is. He's a fucking ballet dancer. That's yeah. a great movie. You got to find out what your groove, what your groove is. Yeah, What's you your groove? Is it playing the drums? It goes back to the truth. Yeah. What is your truth? If you try to, if you try to avoid it, you're going to get yourself in some, you're going to be on antidepressants. You're going to have to mask that, that, that truth. Just do what you're supposed to it do. It is amazing that there's no one that's ever come out with a really effective guidebook on how to live life in a successful direction. Like, no one can ever tell you how to be successful. Yeah. I mean, and what is successful to you is not successful to someone else, et cetera, et cetera. But to teach you how to manage the whole big package, it's like the, the, the whole idea of managing the thoughts in your mind 
is just missing from school. This, this I have to just tell you, I'm laughing because when when people are self-conscious, like in my class, this guy, Richard Lawson, this acting teacher, somebody was like, whenever, like this guy, this guy was like embarrassed that he'd done something. It's like, I'm fine. I'm just embarrassed by it. And my teacher goes like this. He goes, hey, I fucked a pig. <laughs> and everybody went, what? And he goes, yeah. I fucked the pig. I'm writing about it right now. You don't think that's embarrassing? I'll tell you everything about myself. I fucked the pig when I was a kid. How about that? And everybody just stopped. And they were like, well, you know what? If you're going to admit that, I can, I can admit fucking anything. And it, it just liberates you when like, somebody who's a leader in a group goes, hey, guys, 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 in case you guys st- – can everybody stop acting like a fucking Puritan? Because we're all pretty fucked up. And, and, and I'm the most fucked up. Bang. you know. So – I don't know if there was a point to that, but but which is kind of piggybacking on what you're trying to say, which is essentially, you know, just just whatever your fucking truth is, just be honest with yourself and maybe with a couple of your friends and then just fucking f- follow that. I'm not saying fucking pig. That's not a career. That, that takes a long time to find, you know, and everybody feels like. You need like, support, though. I, have you ever tried to like things that other kids liked, like to give it a shot? You're like, I'm going to try to read in DC comic books. Let's start reading. Dude, dude, I collected trains for like tried, a, for 10 minutes. I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a train set. I guess trains are cool. I tried reading DC. I read a couple of Batmans, a couple of Supermans. I'm like, who is writing this lame bullshit? Yep. No shit, dude. I was so hardcore in Marvel. I did the exact same thing. I think I bought the exact same, like a Batman comic. I, was like, I, I just didn't felt get like it. dudes who were into DC, they like live with their mom. They were ready to shoot themselves. Well, like, I like Conan. I like so Conan, the werewolf, and and the Hulk. Those are the ones. Yeah, yeah, the werewolf. Yeah. What what what, what um what one was that? I don't know. I used to was read that a Marvel? Werewolf, was that maybe. a Marvel one? Werewolf. Marvel did have some werewolf comic book. Now yeah. that I think about it, what was it? I think it was called just Werewolf. Wait, is that really? something about Hold DC on. and Marvel? I don't know the difference, but I, I never. Say. I guess I never listened to. I never read DC stuff. I liked the uh, I liked the uh, the Hulk and Conan. Yeah. Well, but actually, I like the. I read the Batman series, the original one, the Dark Knight series. It's pretty good. The Hulk, depending on who was the one. Yeah, there's a, a comic book called Werewolf. Yeah, I used Marvel to, that's Werewolf by Night. Yes, that's it. Yeah. Man, I remember that. You're really bringing me back. Holy shit. Yeah. I can't back. believe that I completely forgot about this. I've read some of these. Yep. I had to give up my entire comic book collection when I was poor. When I was trying to become a stand-up comedian, I had this fat comic book collection. Then I had to for food. Wow. Uh, yeah, I was. It was. I was. Uh, there was some weeks where I s- squeaked by. Yeah. And I had to get rid of some shit, and I had some some decent comic books. Uh. I had comic books that I collected from the seventies. From wow. when I was, I started collecting them when I was like seven or eight years old. I lived in San Francisco. I would uh, go to these, uh, they had comic book stores. I didn't know you lived in San Francisco. Yeah, from age 7 to 11, huh. I lived in San Francisco. The first... Uh, Why? My parents um, met in New Jersey, and my dad was kind of a psycho. Yeah. He used to be a cop, crazy. Yeah. My parents had split up, so my mother met my stepfather, and I think they're like, let's get the fuck out of here. And so where's the first furthest place you can go? San Francisco. Oh. So from age 7... the cop. <laughs> Yeah, from age seven to eleven, I lived in San Francisco. So uh, we lived there, and um, San Francisco was a trip. That was the first place where I had ever done uh, any sort of performing. I did a little magic show on Fisherman's Wharf when I was like eight years old. Oh, no way! I got, yeah, I got a magic kit for Christmas. So I, I'm like, I'll make some money. So I'd seen all these people do these things to make money. You know, they would do like, like they'd have like street performers. Yeah. So I just decided to be a street performer. Wow. I was like eight. 
Because it'll show you how much my parents were watching me. That's great. Yeah. Just open real the safe. Door. Yeah. Real safe. Yeah, real dangerous. But I would take that money and then I would buy comic books. And there was a bunch of like, comic book stores back then were incredible. They had, um, there was a, a whole series of comic books called Creepy and Eerie. Mm-hmm. And they were all these like really well drawn black and white like dark dark comic books about really fucked up shit, werewolves and vampires and that kind of shit. And I just would collect those, and I had so many. It's of a really weird, weird like subculture. I remember like, and I think I was with you. Like, if I ever walked into when I was doing Mad TV, I, you know, the first years nobody ever, you know, I'd never get recognized. If I walked to, into any comic book store anywhere in the country, I would get recognized. Like, it, like there, that's who was watching Mad. TV and <laughs> guys who owned comic book stores and guys who hung out in comic book stores. That's funny. Maybe because it was Mad Magazine, you know? Imagine if there was like, you could like break it down like that. Like how many people in comic book stores are listening? What percentage of comic book store people are into it? Yeah, yeah, and what, yeah. what is the, the real demographic? I mean, they would like to do that, right? I was just imagining you, Joe, like like your dad tucking you in at night as a kid and he's just like, monsters exist. I'm going to get you. Nothing's real. Fuck the moon. Good night. <laughs> Every night before you go to bed. Yeah, teaching you. Why are you world? talking about? I was just thinking. I was just thinking of your dad taking you in. No, that's not a really accurate assessment. Dad didn't went tuck out. him in. Yeah, it wasn't really a lot of tucking in. Yeah, throwing in. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Did you actually write that down? Well, because I wanted to remember it. Uh, comic book still, stores still <laughs> exist, though. Have you been yeah, to one yeah, lately? Been, like, uh, Nerdist yeah. Studio or is there yeah? One? No. Um, what I meant was, I mean, this was there was nothing else. There was no internet back then. You know, if you got comic books, this is how you got them. Yeah. They had comic book buyers guides and shit. You'd find out like which ones you'd try to get a hold of, and they had like old comic books they would sell at these places. They had some of them behind glass. You know, like really special like editions idea. and shit. I'm surprised they never had a comic book. Or maybe they did a comic. I was thinking about a superhero that, that was just really good at getting you to fall in love with them. Like, they, <laughs> like they were so like I said, Aphrodite or something. But they're just like if you're in love with somebody, you're never gonna want to kill them. You're completely putty in their hands. I think hands. that was Bruce Banner. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> hey, now. Uh, I had to sell mine to give uh, to a girl that later I found out in life uh, she was using for heroin and not an abortion, which I thought it was for. Oh. So you thought it was for an abortion. She thought it was heroin. Yeah. Mi- wow. No, she was buying heroin. Uh, I thought she needed money for it, so I sold my comic book collection. And then about two years ago, she did one of those 12-step things where she had to like get or get uh, – uh-huh. You know, like come up to people and you know get their uh, what is it like apologize to them pretty right. much and and so she had to say that to me like look I was a drug addict I you know there wasn't an abortion but you know I just, wow yeah I think I've talked about it before on here yeah that's right you did now I'm thinking about it I'm remembering it that's crazy man yeah I'm that had to be a weird books. feeling <laughs> that had to be a weird feeling yeah I dated a girl who was a coke addict and I didn't know it. But I only dated her a couple times. It wasn't like a long thing. Then yeah. I found out afterwards she was just on coke constantly. It's probably fun. Oh, <laughs> I mean, really annoying. I mean, really annoying. This is when I was in my twenties. I didn't my my sense of screwy people was not nearly as good as yeah, it is it takes, now. It takes you time. Well, you have to learn how to trust yourself. You know, that's true. That's actually true. You you because a lot of times you ignore your first impulse. You're like, nah, yeah. nah you can't be. You know, I, I actually. Like I think I used to give people the benefit of the doubt too much, and as you get older, you get mm-hmm. a little bit more cynical. I mean, you know, yeah, you're, in a good way. I mean, you're I, a great guy, and that is your your main issue yeah. is you would give people the benefit of the doubt yeah. too much. You would yeah. want them to be something different than they are. You would like cr- create right. them. 
And you know, and then and when then someone would, would go, it. "No, that's not what they are. They're this." Yeah. You're like, no, 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 no. Right. You, you and I have had um, some funny moments because of that over the well, years. Well, I would have saved a lot of time and money, <laughs> a lot of time and money, if I just listened to some of your uh, observations about people. Yeah, but then you wouldn't be you, <clears throat> you know. Well, yeah, and, and nothing was too material. Nothing was too bad. Yeah. I never made any huge mistakes. No, it wasn't you know, that I look bad. back and I go, you know, I mean, you're look. fine. But I was right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just right. didn't. It was just shocking to me that you didn't see. Like right. I would say, like, okay, you don't, you don't see who this guy is. Like, what, who, you, what are you hanging around with? Do you see uh, this, this guy is a, this is a wreck. You're, yeah. This guy's gonna pull you into yeah. some crazy situation where someone's going to jail or mm-hmm. you know someone's house is gonna catch on fire. What are you doing? Like, right. This is and you'd be like, God, he's a good guy. He's like the fuck, he's a good guy. What are you crazy? Yeah. Like you, you just had a blinder on, and I think. It was probably, not to get too deep or crazy, but I think it was probably because you had a bit of a blinder on as to your own self then. Mm-hmm. You didn't see yourself as honestly, I think, Mm-mm. as you see no. yourself now. Yeah. Now I couldn't imagine you hanging around with an idiot. Not you know, on you, the time. There's, there's no, I, you know, you wouldn't, it wouldn't exist. Not inspiring. Like, yeah, and all the shit that um, you had to deal with. It was, there was also a, a thing of when you first came to, like, when you were on television, on Mad TV and things, I think you were trying to, like, manage, like, having a show business career. Like, yeah. wow, like, this is, uh, I, how do I do this? I was and actually that, I remember trying to mimic other people. Like, yeah. I'd watch how people would behave, and I'd be like, I guess i got to do that. Like, I, I, you know. I, well, you were also, like, really enamored by the people that were in, and you wanted to be like them. Like, one yeah. of the things that was kind of crazy is I wish we had some of this on film. Um, when you first were doing stand-up, when I met you, when you were doing Mad TV, like you were this wild, crazy dude, and then you would go on stage and you would be like, uh, like real, like observational, yeah, yeah, like low out energy. of myself, you know, yeah. Well, you know what? That's an, that's I was thinking about that in the beginning of the podcast. Is as you, that's that's because, in my opinion, when you're younger, you actually think there's a lot of mystery to life. Like you actually think that other people know better than you do. That your impulses and your instincts are actually wrong, and there are people out there that have the answers. Mm-hmm. And so, like you know, when you're um, in a room with a bunch of fifty year olds in suits, you get very dazzled by the notion that these people know more than I do because they've lived more and stuff like that. You get they have older, lapels. yeah, and you get older. And what happens is, especially if you've been getting better at something and you've learned kind of how to how to how to get really good at something uh, and what that takes, you learn the, 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 to recognize the peaks and the valleys and the plateaus and stuff like that. And what you realize is that accomplishment, the things that you have admired through your whole life, it's not a mystery. It's I don't care if I'm sitting next to Robert De Niro or some big scientist now or whatever. I like what they do and they're accomplished people. How they got there. How they got there is not as much a mystery to me anymore. It's not – It's you know, I have my own journey that I'm proud of. I'm doing my own version of what I do. So I can have a very good conversation with a, a surgeon, for example. He has a set of skills. I have a set of skills. We chose to do different things. But I'm not awed or, in, in, or, or intimidated or in mystery of how somebody can be so successful, quote-unquote, because that's no longer – that's no longer blinding or dazzling to me. And I think when you're younger, you are just thinking to yourself, I am really ultimately somebody who has a lot to learn and I need to mimic, mimic what I what looks yeah. to me like successful. successful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I so. think we, we all do that in the beginning. Mm. And you were just trying to find your, your, your footage on stage. You know, look, it's not an easy thing to get to become a, a stand up comedian or to give an accurate representation of how you're funny off stage. Mm hmm. 
You know, mm-hmm. like I was trying to explain this to someone the other day who has friends that want to be a comedian. And uh, she was saying, well, they can't do it. They can only make people laugh that know them. They can only make the friends laugh. Like on stage, they'll be fucking terrible. I say, yeah, maybe now you say that. Yeah. But whatever the fuck it is that allows a person to make a bunch of people laugh. Same thing. It's, it's, yeah. you, you hone that craft. you got to figure out how to transmit that on stage. Yeah. But it is exactly the same Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. If a guy's exactly. funny off stage. I have told so many people that they should be comics. I'm like, dude, you could do this. It's the yep. most awesomest job ever. Yep. You ever want to be it? You could do it. Yep. Trust me, you could do it. And only a few have ever actually listened. But it's it's uh, now now after all this time, like the other day when I did that awesome show with you in uh, Vegas. We had how many people were in there? Fun, Three thousand people. It was, it was fun. It was so. Well, I thought to myself when I was on stage, I go, you know, I feel as though I'm uh, what uh, the way I'm speaking and what I'm doing. I would be doing this for twenty people. Or in my living room, or these three thousand, like that yeah. line starts to really blur, and that was what that was kind of like. You know, you're up there with that many people, but it still feels somewhat intimate. You know, well, these crowds are very different than any other three thousand yeah, seat crowd yeah, you'll ever have. They're of one mind in some it's ways. It's crazy because of this podcast. Because when people, I think when people come to see you that have, that know you from the podcast, they fucking know you pretty damn good. Yeah, I mean, they, they more than my best friends know. Yeah. Yeah. Because I've pretty yeah. much dissected everything, and you've dissected everything about your life almost to the point that, yeah. that none of these guys just know like a couple sentences. I've told my... a lot of personal yeah. shit on this podcast. I've said yeah. a lot of like, oh, yeah. You know, but as have I, as we all have. And, you know, there's just so rants of you and I talking that have been put to music and images on YouTube. Yeah. There's some life changing shit. I've had people tweet me. They say, I watch this video a hundred times. Wow. And every time I watch it, it makes me more enthusiastic about life and more energetic about getting out and getting God things damn. done so when you're dealing with a crowd like that you get like this massive positive vibe from all these people mm. i mean even when they're drunk douchebags it's like there's only a couple of them yeah. and they're fine yeah. they, i mean we've had a couple of people yell some shit out but it's always fun man it's like I they're, had a, they're i had a blast very rarely do we have like a negative moment in any of these shows and yeah, it's but crazy because well, you're involving alcohol and thousands of strangers well you said i remember we like at first you we were like i don't know how many people are going to show up you know maybe it's a thousand we, you stuck your head out the, like the quarter of that arena was full. You went, holy shit. I was like, what the fuck? They're all the way up to the bleachers, like the top Yeah, but unfortunately, bleed. and I apologize if any of you were a part of that, the, the people that were at the highest level, they had a hard time hearing. Oh, fuck. Because apparently there's a bit of an echo oh. like when with voice. You know, It right. doesn't carry the way a club does. And because of that, we're not going to do that room anymore. I'm trying to find a, like a real closed-in space. The, the 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 acoustics for a place that's that large. Mm. I mean, the the ceiling is so high that when you're up there, I guess people have just had to eat it. That came to see comedy shows that were like that because, like, I guess like the blue collar tour or something yeah. like that. Same thing. I'm pretty sure they could sell out that whole place. Yeah. If they sold out that arena, the people in the top areas probably have a hard time hearing them. Unless they set up the sound differently for comedy shows, they probably set it up differently. I saw Eddie Murphy in an arena like that. I heard I had no problem it was, hearing it. You know, like yeah. the House of Blues. No, it's too small. Um, and the problem is the House of Blues is awesome. I love that place. Um, uh, in fact, uh, I would prefer it, but they don't have. it's not all seated. So all those people around the bar are all standing, and they all just start talking. It just always happens. And I would wow. do it, too. I like that place at Vinyl. You know, but I, don't, I, don't, I think the heart, 
you know, House is of that the place in the Hard Rock? They're, yeah, the one that uh, Andrew Dice Clay just started doing uh, weekly shows. Well, about. we need to come up with a new place because what I try to do is do it wherever the fights are. But MGM doesn't really have a place except that comedy club. They they have the comedy club at the MGM, but that's you know Brad Garrett's comedy club. They always have like somebody that's down there, and it's only like three hundred seats. But the you know, there's no like. 1800 seater there's no like nice right. room that i could right, get right. during those nights like we used to do the lion king theater that was badass yeah. remember mm-hmm. that's where we hung out with Giorgio Sukalos. Right. we first party with that, that dude he's a guy from ancient aliens with the wacky hair mm. sweetheart of a guy he's um he's really into like the ancient alien theory the idea that we were visited at one point in time by uh, some intelligent beings from other planets who mm. taught people how to build cool shit Interesting. Problem is, hey. guys like that. It's like a neat theory, but I just never. It's a great like, show. And your and your proof is well. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there's none, but yeah. there is some uh, unique uh, aspects to ancient man and ancient civilizations that uh, make those theories so juicy. One of them being places like Machu Picchu or Chichen Itza. Mm. There's there's a, a few, especially Machu Picchu, which is like way to the fucking top of some mountains somewhere. And that, like, they try to figure out how the fuck they get these rocks up here. These things are goddamn huge. Yeah. And there's there's some amazing stuff in Peru. These gigantic stones that are, like, cut to fit the perfectly the stone underneath it. You're talking about hundreds of tons stacked on top of each other. I mean, just an amazing, amazing Crazy piece of construction. Feats, yeah. yeah. We don't know how they did it, but it doesn't mean it was aliens. Most likely, in my opinion, whenever I look at stuff like that, the, the the preponderance of evidence, the mass amount of evidence, points to there had to have been at least some levels of sophistication off on a different branch mm-hmm. that varied from where we are today. And mm-hmm. what I mean by that is, like, say if you look at life, you look at life, uh, organic life all over the world, there are different animals in Australia that just don't exist here in America. There's kangaroos and shit. You look at Africa with lions and tigers in Asia, and you look at all these different animals. You look at all these different possible eco-chains and possible systems of what could and couldn't have been. And then you read all these different stories that you hear from all the ancient civilizations that would talk about a cataclysmic disaster that wiped out an earlier, more advanced sure. civilization. They kind. all mm-hmm. talk about that. The Epic of Gilgamesh in, in Babylon, in, in Iraq. Mm-hmm. The, um, the, the Bible talks about it with the flood in Noah. Mm-hmm. There's, they, they, almost all of them deal with a massive history-changing yep. event. Yep. And most likely, it looks like that was meteor impacts around 13,000 years ago. They're finding more and more evidence that there's this nuclear glass. We talked about it yesterday, and I'm not going to go into detail with it today, but there's this glass that exists at the, the strata around 12,000, 13,000 years ago, mm-hmm. where the entire, like, all throughout Europe, smashed by, yeah. these, by these meteors. So well, you're talking every about, religious like, tradition impacts. has a story of a great flood, yeah. of an Andalusian. Yeah. In, and when you look at things like Machu Picchu, you look at all these ancient structures, it's, uh, to, to me, it seems very likely that there's different branches 
of intelligent civilization. Mm -hmm. And some of them go off and become Egypt at the same time where other people thousands of miles away in Africa are essentially living the same way they lived a thousand years ago. And then, boom, Egypt, they have pyramids well, and a lot sphinxes. Of that, though, and yeah, there's, there's a book that won a Pulitzer Prize that I've talked about before called Guns, Germs, and Steel. Yes, yes. And, and Jared Diamond actually talks about, for example – in China, one of the areas where language written written word was had its and, and also in in the Fertile Crescent in Babylon, the cuneiform like writing. You know, mm -hmm. the first time there was a language that was written in alphabet. Um, whereas the the Aborigines of of uh, Australia were still living in the Stone Age when when uh, the Brits came to Australia. Why? A lot of it can be traced to the fact that we learn from each other as societies. The Yangtze and the Yellow River in China brought information both sides. That's why you have a huge area that speaks one language, Mandarin, which is incredible. Mm -hmm. It's almost seen nowhere else. Um, um, so 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 much of what we like, like the Fertile Crescent, the area of Turkey and Babylon and things like that. They had edible grasses. They had animals you could to domesticate and they had they had ways to get around the topography allowed you to share information so one group would come up with a an innovation, a technology, a writing form or whatever, and also the fact that they had farming, they had to create central Resources, governments, all yeah. that. And so that's a lot of the reasons why. I mean, he basically, he basically says, why are some civilizations so much more advanced than others? Here's the reason. Right. And that's what the book's so about. It's pretty there's, amazing. There's all sorts of different environments in the world, and there's all sorts of different bountiful resource areas where you can exist and subsist off the land fairly easily. Right. It leaves room right. for innovation. And in a place like Peru, it might have been like that. Sure. It's much more likely that than people came in from UFOs. In fact, the Andes he talks about had was one of the only places that had domesticated animals. You could domesticate llamas. Uh -huh. What did that mean? When you can domesticate animals like that, you can move huge, huge things. Huge things. Yeah, llamas are unbelievably right. strong. Very strong. Very easily can, domesticated. Exactly. They make actually really good pets. So yeah. you can move huge things. The there wow. was there was arable land. But the land thing is, they're too. talking about like hundreds of tons. Yeah. These things are so goddamn big. It's uh, they they had to have been an advanced civilization but it's real possible that they could have been an advanced civilization without any help from aliens well they certainly so said people, that that area is also in in guns germs and steel that area had written was one of the when the own places isolated from anything else that created its own written language wow so part of that was because they could they were able to air they, they were able to grow corn and things like that and you could you could subsist over the winter the, the climate was somewhat I but know. my take on it is not that that disqualifies the idea of us being visited by alien life. I don't think it does. Right. But I think you have to look objectively at like it is a for sure is it a massive feat of accomplishment that human beings built the pyramids. It's so, whoever did it, whether even if the aliens helped us, holy right. shit, what a fucking building. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's that exists. OK, no one's taken that away. But. It is it is it possible that at some point in history something came down and and fucked with the genetics of lower animals and tried to create some intelligent being with their DNA in it? Of course that's possible too. It's not likely, mm -hmm. but it's very possible. Yeah. We are already taking probes and put, putting them on Mars. If we think about where we are right. technologically and we think about what we just talked about about environments where there's a bounty of resources and where you can innovate and 
where you're maybe you're in a situation where you don't have a, a predator situation like humans have had most of their life, and you you you're able to develop much quicker without any worry about predation. So you innovate much quicker, mm-hmm. and you're living on this planet, and you're a thousand million years more advanced than us because right. this planet doesn't get hit by asteroids. And then you come and visit, and you fuck with monkeys and make make people, right. and then disappear and leave them with their stories, and then they repeat their stories over the campfire. And as each generation goes on, they become more and more preposterous. Whereas 20 generations later, this this story involves a dude coming back from the dead and walking on water right. and people have added their own bullshit to it. But at one point in time, it was an alien who came down and fucked with some monkeys and made people. That well, is entirely possible. Well, they, when, when they they talk about the universe being infinite, yeah. like, like the theory is that it's actually infinite. That's it's, Nobody gets that. You know, I mean, in other words... So I don't get that. Do well, well get that? what that actually means that that that... that, that if it's infinite, then what's happening right now between you and I has happened in another world yeah. because that's what the notion of infinity is, that any possibility, any mathematical possibility has already happened, has already happened yeah. or is happening or we, can happen. We can't even wrap our heads around that. Infinite? Like there are other universes? Like not, what are you talking not about? Not just one other universe, but another universe where you have lived the exact same life. Because that's the mathematical possibility. Yes, because it's so big that every possibility exists. That, that's like the, uh, the in physics when they say a chimpanzee could sit at a typewriter and it's possible if he, that he would just sit there and start hitting. It is mathematically possible. As and write like a great book, right? Well, write, write all of Shakespeare's works. That's horseshit, though. It's the idea of you took hater. a... hater. <laughs> said that. If you took a fucking... It's the same idea is you take a, a bottle, throw it to the ground, and it scatters. Mm-hmm. But there is a mathematical possibility when you throw that bottle to the ground, there's a mathematical possibility that all that it'll scatter in, in what direction? In the same direction it was assimilated, so it'll come right back together. That's a possibility. That's a mathematical possibility. It's just yeah. weird shit. Yeah, it, it, there's so many variables. That, that that's impossible where, that's where that, to, God, and it might not happen in a billion universes, yeah. but on one that yeah. takes place. On one, you flip a coin and it lands on its side a hundred times in a row. Right. There's somewhere that that's possible. Is it possible that it could land once in a row? Yes. Yeah. Then in there is a world somewhere where a man yeah. flips a coin on a table and it lands on its side a hundred times in a row, right. and everyone's seeing it has a fucking heart attack, and then the building gets hit by a meteor. <laughs> Okay, all of that shit's happened. <laughs> yeah, and that's something that we can't we can't understand. We have this like really sort of abstract idea of infinity. When you look up at the sky, you're like, yeah, look at all the stars. Wow, it's real pretty night. And you run into the house as quick as you can before you have to think about it too much. Right. But how big was that meteor that hit? Not Russia? big. You know what the biggest piece they've got from it is? What? Seven millimeters so far. What? That's the largest chunk. Yeah, they've recovered. That that's how that's how well, most small of it was. just disappears. Yeah. Like Tunguska, Tunguska, they believe it probably exploded before it impacted. It exploded in the sky above Tunguska, um, and that's one of the reasons why it wiped out such an alarmingly large area. God, and yeah, that it, was it in, was bigger than like I forget how many nuclear bombs. Too. Yeah, like, it was a few times. I well, the Tesla maniacs all think that that was Nikola Tesla. Uh, fucking with his death ray because it coincided with the, around the same time that Westinghouse was uh, aiming to shut down his uh, ability to project electricity through the air. Mm. So the real crazy te- Tesla tinfoil hat people believe that that was uh, him. He was. You a read a book ray. about him. He was like um, I read a few books about him. Yeah, amazing guy. He was the great genius, right? I mean, what was his? Well, he also died penniless. I mean, mm. he wasn't a smart guy when it came to finances and being taken advantage of. And he also was in love with a pigeon. 
Okay, so he's he was completely fucking crazy, but he was also responsible for more than a hundred patents. He wow. was a, a brilliant, brilliant man. I mean, he created uh, a lot of in, incredible inventions and believed that it was possible to receive signals and ideas from other dimensions. He, th- he th- believed that he was he was able to retrieve signals from uh, from intel- intelligent beings in the universe. What would you do with those signals? That's a problem. I mean, I think Nothing. a guy who has a mind that's that. In, insanely supercharged. I mean, you're talking about a guy who they, that you ever, you ever see the display that they put on at the World Fair the first time no. they showed electricity to people no, and they no. lit up this entire town, the World Fair, wherever the fuck it was, Chicago or something like that. That's um, incredible. By uh, the way, but you have to see it. But pull up the pictures, Brian. That's uh, crazy. World, World Fair Tesla electric electric display because to, for to to let people know how incredible this was. He, I mean, he was a guy who figured out alternating current. You know, uh, Thomas Edison resist, resisted mean? all of his ideas. And all, not having this, all, a, there's direct current and alternating current. Mm. We have a, we have both, right? Mm. ACDC, okay. right? The the alternating current. The idea behind it was that your electric shaver doesn't need as much electricity as your fucking car does. Oh, okay. You know, you're plugging in your gay hybrid car, and I say gay, G H E Y. Don't hate. Um, you p- plug it in your fucking Prius. I'm getting a Lexus. It, it doesn't. Going. Are you really? Yes. Which one are you getting? I'm getting the new hybrid, but it's a badass car. Oh, you son. Are you getting the LS four sixty? That's the shit. I think it's a four. It gets forty miles to the gallon. Is it the big one? Four door as big. big, LS. Yeah, it's it's a it's a fucking luxury living room you're driving around. It's the quietest car ever. Inside of them, they're so insulated. They're the and they're a fantastic piece of electronics and engineering. The way they absorb bumps, shocking. Really? Yeah, you run over bumps, it's like nothing. Just the the whole frame, or rather, the whole suspension, just gives in the perfect amount on each wheel to keep the car balanced. Well, that that by the way, it really saves you energy during the day when you drive. Like relaxing. Massive, massive uh, feat of engineering that. It's the Lexus LS460H, I think you're talking about. It's 400-plus horsepower, hybrid, beautiful fucking yeah. car. And the new one is even doper looking. They have a, a new design yeah, that they've just the come design. out with. Yeah, I love the design. That's what Brian, I like Brian, see if you can it. see that picture in the top. Not the, not the top left, but the one. Yeah, the one you were right. Yeah, that one to the, to the right. The black and white one above it. Look at that. Yeah, that's what he did. That was his, um, his, his accomplishment of oh lighting up the God. World's Fair. Yeah, this is people that had never seen electricity before. They were used to walking around with fucking candles oh and shit. Oh, my God. And this guy lit up this whole area. Is that Chicago? Is that yeah. where it is? Yeah. It's yeah, crazy, it is. man. And, I mean, this was, I think, I want to say 1900. What was it? No, eight, 1908. I was going to say 1906. I, I think I just guessed, though. You know, uh, Brian can't read. Uh, <laughs> uh, Let's find out. Tesla World for if you if you could sit down and talk to three people, who would they be? He'd be number one. Really? Yeah, yeah. He'd be number one. Hmm. Number two would be Johnny Cash. Yeah. Really? Fuck yeah. How come? Want to hear some stories, man? Johnny Cash did the the thing, man. He, he did, was huh? really out there doing it, doing shows every night. Fucking banging out songs and drinking whiskey and taking pills and punching people yeah. and fucking next get the card next town yeah. boom you yeah. know I'm not a big Joaquin Phoenix fan but even I enjoyed his uh, I mean I became I was a big Joaquin Phoenix fan I should change that I was I loved him in Gladiator and uh, but when he became like that fake rapper guy and he did yeah. that whole thing for like a year I'm like come on man what the fuck I think he just got bored and crazy 1893 1893 
Yeah. Was it really? Yes. Holy wow. shit. 1893. Wow. Um, um but but he played an awesome Johnny Cash. I mean, he yeah, fucking knocked it out of the park. It. The dude's a badass it. actor. Yeah, he's a good I just actor. thought that. I mean, I shouldn't even say that I don't like him because that's not really true. It's just that that whole thing he did where he's like pretending to be crazy. I was like, why? Are you, what are you wasting your time with this yeah, for? Like, yeah. the, you're doing a, a fake document. Who, who are your friends? Who's allowing you to talk? Let me see what's in your pills. Come here. Yeah, Give me that, your bottle. that's a product of L.A. too. That's a strange, yeah. uh, kind of weird. He would like pretend to be a loser and fall down on yeah. stage and shit. Like, what the fuck are you? Do? You were the guy in Gladiator, I think man. He did a lot of drugs. I think yeah. he. You had think? A, yeah, I think he. Uh, Guess who else does? Who? This guy. Yeah, this oh, guy right here. No. Yeah, but I think he. But I do the his, kind that are good for you. Yeah, I think he liked his, wink, wink. his pills and blow and you know. Yeah, know. that stuff's no good, man. Yeah. that's not the shit yeah. for you. I don't know. You gotta, I just heard. No, no, mm-hmm. no. I don't know. I don't know, Joaquin. If you're listening, I'm not trying. Why don't Why don't you have an isolation tank? Uh, I need to get an isolation tank. Yeah. I don't do. I've only, I've only done it a couple. He lives times, in Venice. I he I had this need conversation to. with Duncan. Yeah, you really don't. If you want to no. go visit, you live in Venice. You're sad. But he doesn't live there anymore. He, oh, moved. he moved, and you're that's not going right. to say where he moved oh, because it's right. a lot of checks would be drawn to him. That's right, man. Irresponsibly, West Hollywood. Shut up! Hey. Shut up, Brian! You're fucking ruining everything. <laughs> you're ruining everything. You really should be getting in one on a regular basis. And I'm, really? I'm, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm sick of trying to recruit my fans, my friends rather. My why, friends, why do you say? My why friends, do you say that? Just because it's, it's, it's a good my reboot. Dylan, my friends. It's a good reboot, huh? Um, I think that it's one of the most important things. Wow. I think, um, I think it's one of the most important things for relaxing. It's one of the most important things for like resetting your thinking to being away from anything else, yeah. to being completely alone with your thoughts, without your body even interfering. Mm. I had a conversation with Duncan last night. Duncan's doing so well. He's super happy to come with us to uh, Columbus. We're going to have a good time with him. You're going to Cincinnati Columbus. and Columbus. Yeah, Cincinnati Ohio and Columbus, or? Ohio. Yeah, March 1st, we're at the Taft Theater in Cincinnati. And then uh, March 2nd, we are uh, the at the Theater. Palace wow. in Columbus. Yeah, That's we're great, super, super psyched. That, that Palace Theater is so fucking beautiful. It's an yeah. amazing theater. It's one of those where you just sit there and look at the how amazing the place I is. I love Columbus. I, I haven't been there since I did Talking Monkeys in Space, yeah. which is my uh, 2009 special. Mm. I did it at the Southern Theater in, in Columbus, and I, I had the time of my fucking life. I, how I many specials have you done? I've done a few now. Um, Live from the Belly of the Beast. Well, the first, if you t- count all my work ever, it's uh, You're Gonna Be Dead Someday. Yeah. Or I'm going to be dead someday. That's yeah. my, my first CD. And then Live from the Belly of the Beast, eh, not so good. And then I, I was busy doing too much shit, and I took a lot of time off, then got really into it again. So you're dealing with like 2000 to 2005 is when I did my Showtime special, Joe Rogan Live. Right. That was that, that was originally good. for Netflix. And then 2006 was Shiny Happy Jihad, which is a cassette. And then, or a cassette. A cassette. It's an A track. It's an A track. It was an old a, laser a disc. Record, a recording on plastic. No. Um, <laughs> it, it was a CD, rather, uh, not visual at all. And then um, Talking Monkeys in Space, which was the one that was on Spike TV and Comedy Central. Mm-hmm. And then Live from the Tabernacle. The, six. The, the latest You've done six. One. Yeah. And I'm ready to do another one, man. Um, this new hour that I'm doing, I'm fucking really having such a good time. I haven't been so into creating new material and fucking around on Me stage neither, in such a I, long it's time. It's such a good feeling. Like I, that's exactly how I feel. I'm just writing yeah. new stuff 
and 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 honing it and watching it grow. It's yeah. so much fun. Well, that's a there's a there's a certain amount of attention you really do have to give a bit before you let it go and put it on special. And unfortunately, sometimes I'll come up with a bit and it's not done yet, and mm-hmm. it gets on a special, mm-hmm. and I just ah, it's out ah, there. I know. I know, you man. Know? I had so many. Like, I, uh, I got, I got so many things. Like I'm my doing circumcision now. bit that's on my yeah. last special. That was a really recent bit. It was really recent before. Yeah, it's better to before save it had, them, man. I had to put it on there though because it went, it went so well with everything that I was talking about. But then, of course, as soon as I put it on, I, I got know. some new taglines. You, you need to do destroy. a patch for it. You need to do an update. I just yeah, want maybe. Like the stuff I'm doing, now, I'm just excited. This is the most so honest fun, I've ever been to yeah. with my expression. Like I've never been this honest. Well, I think that comedy is one of those things, like almost everything in life, like being a human being. Whereas the more energy you put to it, the more you focus on it, the more you try to take corrective steps and enhance and improve, the better it gets. Yeah. I I feel like I'm better now than I've ever been before. I really do. I, I, I feel like I'm, I'm better at timing and I'm, I'm feeling it more. It's like I'm into it more. It's... I'm so happy that I'm involved in doing something with stand-up comedy. And I can tell anybody this. If there's whatever you do, whether you make cabinets or you, you love fucking uh, fixing cars, whatever that fucking thing is that, that jives with you, that really hits your vibration and mm-hmm. tunes into your frequency, if you find that, you don't work anymore. Right. Working's done. Yeah. All of my work is fun. I worked yeah. last night for free. They tried to pay me at the Laugh Act. I'm like, get the fuck out of here, Jamie. I, I wouldn't. I didn't want to sign his paperwork. I'm like, get out of here. Keep that money, bitch. And I'm just because I'm just there to fuck around. I'm, yeah. just, I'm there. I'm there because it's all a fun thing to do. Right. It's not like here to punch the clock. Give me my fifteen dollars. No. Have you been going there a lot lately? I do Don Marrero show a lot uh, there. Yeah, I, I I've do done too. it a few times. Why now. don't you get your I own enjoy sh- night there so we can start going there? You I know, love, I would. I, I would, Jamie, be, I would be into doing that. Maybe uh, one night we could do that. Uh, Jamie, Jamie Masada is a good person. He's a great he's, guy. He, he does more for charity than anybody. I he's know. a sweetie. I love that dude. He's a sweetie. I love that guy. And it's a great fucking club. I bust his balls all the time. I always have. Buddy, because do you remember when Paul Mooney come to my club and wants to say the N-word? And I say, no, buddy. You know, he got... He got a little crazy with the N word. Well, he was worried the after the whole Michael thing. Richard thing. I was there that night. I didn't see it. I left. And then he, I the think comedy store, right you know, back in those days, the comedy store would have fucking taken that video and released it virally themselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if well, they, you know, Michael Richards just wasn't. You know, he he, he was trying to do stand up and he had never done stand up. I don't think he just wasn't that funny. Well, what happened was he's not good at it, and he made a mistake. He thought he could get away with something, and he went down a road, and it didn't work. You know, but the people that tried to pretend that it was like him running up to some people and shouting racial slurs at them unannounced, it's not like that. You're talking about he was interrupted during a performance and he tried to find a way out of it. And he's very unskilled in this particular art form. He was very angry. And he was also an elitist. He was also a guy and still is a guy who's a very successful, famous guy who's probably used to people treating him very well and not really used to young black guys who don't give a fuck who he is and is right. saying he sucks. Right. And Telling so, the truth. And he was so infuriated that his crazy. point of view immediately went racial. 
Yeah. I mean, he went right for the jugular. Yeah, with you'd that. be hung upside down with a pitchfork in your ass or something. Like yeah. You said that. Like, yeah. Like that's a violent image. Yeah. Well, it's it's ridiculous. He's kind of an asshole, though. <laughs> it's not, you're not a racist. You're an asshole. <laughs> Those people that get that gig, man, and you've had that gig, that TV gig. You know, you've had yeah. it to a lesser extent. Then Michael Richards, of course, right. did. But Michael Richards, when he had it, when he was on that set for nine years, whatever the hell it is, that was guy a was a god. Yeah. Michael Richards is here. Kramer's here. Like everybody was so excited to be around Anywhere him. Everywhere he went. Yeah, everywhere he went, people were opening doors for him and getting him things, and he was allowed to be that sort of goofy guy. Well, when the party ended, mm. when Seinfeld ended, then it's Michael Richards on his own. Okay, well, so what does he do? He tries to do a sitcom. It doesn't work. So he says he's going to start doing stand-up. But... You have to have ultimate humility to be already famous and then try to get good at comedy. Yeah, yeah. That takes fucking balls. Yes. And the only person I've ever seen pull it off is Charlie Murphy. Charlie Murphy is the only guy I've ever seen get good from being an open micer while famous. Wow, I didn't yeah. really. Yeah, he did it. He's got balls, dude. Charlie Murphy has fucking balls. Balls. I love that. Yeah, he's got balls. He would go up and he was doing Hard friend, 40. He looks so much like Eddie. And, yeah. You know. He was doing 40 minutes uh, like a year after he started doing Chappelle's show when he had no previous wow. experience whatsoever. He's closing shows. What was he doing before this? Before he's an actor. He's he an been, actor. Yeah, he's been an actor forever. But, you know, to, to, to go as a Michael Richards where you're beloved as being hilarious yeah. because everybody was writing your stuff. You had a bunch of really talented, hilarious writers putting words in your mouth, putting the brilliant words in your mouth. And, yeah. it's a, a, you know, you're, you're the, you kick the door open, you come sliding in, oh, your, your hair's all crazy and you say the awesome shit and everybody loves you. And then all of a sudden, there's nothing. Yeah. And there's nothing, and there's no, and it stays nothing. And you're like, I gotta get out of here. I gotta do something. Yeah. And you start going to the comedy store, and then you realize, like, wow, this is you're you're dealing with an completely different art form. Yeah. That's like being a runner and saying, I'm gonna go play football. That's right. It's like, oh Jesus, now That's what exactly are all these right. other obstacles? I'm done playing football now. That you know? night. It's also it's also funny because with stand up, your fame, you can be the most famous person in the world. That'll get you through. It's even in L. A. It'll get you five minutes of reverence. Not and even. Then not even and, yeah, and then and then the audience goes, "Well, wait a minute, this isn't. Yeah. I'm not laughing." People shut down. They yeah, it's, shut it's down not even right away. Minutes. That night, he had the most beautiful girlfriend with him, and I felt so, I would like to talk to her because she was there. He was dragging this girl to yeah. show to show this big boob, big butt girl. And, and it, well, everybody said he was doing something that was probably uh, I probably and yeah, white yeah. And rhymes with doke. Yeah. I remember I called you that night before yeah. that happened just because I saw him at the comedy store. And I'm like, dude, he just got off stage and he was fucking going crazy. Were and- you with me when we ran into uh, – um, who, who told us about it? Was it Brent? Uh, no, it was uh, – Who told us about it? Ah, oh, shit. What's his face? Um, Brett Ernst. Yeah, Brett Ernst. It was Brent. It was yeah. Brent. Yeah, yeah. Brett Ernst went to the – yes, it was Brett Ernst. He went to the Laugh Factory and came back over. And you had seen his comedy store set. I saw his comedy store set. I called you yeah. because it was so ridiculous. Because it was so and ridiculous and aggro and crazy. I took a photo with him that night too. Oh, I have a picture hilarious. of me and him. Well, I was there. I remember the night that he did it. I, did, I had done a set and he was on the next show. So I think I was on the 8 o'clock show and he was on the 10 o'clock show. And I remember I, – I think I got off stage and then he – I think he came on right after me. And uh, I left. I left because I had already, you know, I'd, I'd seen him a bunch of times already, and I, it's too bad I didn't stay. I, I literally left, and he was on stage. You need to interview then, that girl, whoever that was. Maybe go to 
What girl? The girl, the girl that he was with that night. Oh, why? That'd be so weird to see. He was that mean side to me. I auditioned for him, and and he was mean to me. Like he was he was rude. Uh, he didn't make he he just made me feel uncomfortable in the in the room like just by just being I made a joke and he didn't laugh and and you know I was just auditioning for a new sitcom and I and I never forgot it I just thought that was he it was a bad experience and I, I always had a chip on my shoulder about it. I was like <laughs> guy was kind of a dick to me so you know it wasn't that nice a guy you know? there's a lot of people out there that are dicks yeah. a lot of people out there that are dicks that people haven't found it's out weird, yet weird though I wonder what he's doing now <laughs> pulling his hair out living in a big house. <laughs> What, what do does do? he do? What does a guy like Kramer do? Chatterbait all day. He's Kramer, by the way, forever, right? Yeah. Like, I'm the Fear Factor guy for life. That's Kramer. <laughs> no, <you're not>. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do? You got to really get the UFC dude do? now. You're I'm not the UFC even a Fear dude Factor too. guy. I saw, I saw but Mel, I'm that as well. I saw Mel Gibson the other day. Powerful Mel Gibson. I was in, uh, I was in Malibu and he was sitting with his sister. What's his dick taste like? I was having dinner with him. I saw him. Nazis. He just looked old. dick tastes like Nazis. He's, I think he's a guy who's actually just gets drunk and then becomes self-destructive and starts saying he has Tourette's. Yeah, he's he'll just say the most shadows. outrageous shit in the world. Huh? He's always at Moon Shadows, yeah. that bar or whatever that yeah. bar restaurant in my or in Miami or Malibu, yeah. Malibu, Miami. Miami. You know, he's there all the time. Imagine getting directions from Brian. I don't even Brian. think he's. I don't even think he's racist <laughs> or anything. I just think he like he just gets crazy and goes, "I'm going to say the most outrageous shit on the planet." Oh, I don't know about that, man. Was he drunk when he was calling his chick, leaving those crazy messages? I don't, yeah, drunk. Stop yes. and think about that. What if that was your daughter? He's well, not only that. When I get drunk, I don't, I don't. I'm not mean. I, you know, I, I mean, it's like it's not when I get drunk. It's like I get drunk. All of a sudden, I'm like the Jews. You know, yeah. Fuck but blacks. Some of the shit that he said though was so poignant. Like, shut up and blow me. You know, <laughs> I'm taking care of you in that big house. You should just shut up and, and blow, blow me. me. It was so hilarious. He was defining what a crazy, fucked up, fake relationship he's in. Yeah. You know you're in a fake relationship. Just do your job and suck my dick. No, you have to keep making it harder and harder for me. Because he married a monster. Well, he that's got, he got, She recorded he, of course. him. She not just recorded him. She set him up. She's yeah. a, a fucking heartless Russian cunt. Yeah, yeah she, she set him. That's, that's his allegedly, fault. Allegedly, allegedly, that's allegedly. his fault though. I mean, it's she his could fault be a wonderful woman. Let's don't just, marry a girl like that, you idiot. Yeah. I know another guy. I'm not going to say who's famous. But any who girl, girl who would like take like, your, you know, she's got a, a, a child with a guy, and she's taking those videos and selling them online. Wow. Yeah, she's selling them to a website. Wow. Like, that's what an is, evil bitch. You that's think? an evil bitch. And that's the yeah. mother of your child. And it's a, a woman who had, he had spent a bunch of money to try to get recordings for oh, her, to God. try to build her some sort of a recording career. Oh, no. But by the way, she probably felt fucking terrified because he's a dangerous, well, crazy say, asshole. I was going to say. Yeah. You're right. By and, the way, I just remember, I just realized that. Thank you for saying that because, by the way, OJ Simpson? he's crazy yeah. and he's fucking saying that. What do you expect her to do? She had to live with that guy. Yeah. That wasn't the first time she and had to live with him. She's having a kid. With that. She had a kid with that guy. Yeah, and that probably, guy's going to be around her baby. Exactly. He's fucking screaming and yelling. I'm and on, on her side. That, I'm on her yeah, side. Yeah. Well, in a certain, uh, a certain sense, yeah. You know? I was all ready to go bat on her, and then you yeah. reminded me of that. Am I old, old dudes like that, when you fuck some chick from a country where they're not doing so well financially, and you know what you're doing. You know you know what you're doing. She's right. hot, you're not. It's done for you, yeah. but yet you're still in the game with Viagra. What's going on for real? Well, you're, you know, you're going to have to accept that there's some imbalance in that sort of relationship, and she's not going to really be into fucking you that much. Dude, and know, you know, know, once okay. she gets a kid from you, and she's starting getting money from you, and she's tired of listening to you come home and scream about the Jews... After a while, she's going to start record, recording your phone calls. You know, I mean, that's just there's a yin and a yang to the world. Yeah, you know why? Because when you drink that much, it never has a good ending. You no. got to get a hold of yourself. It's unfortunate because he's a fucking brilliant director. Yeah, he is. He's a Braveheart was a fucking badass. Movie. I thought Apocalypto was an amazing. It was movie, very actually. good. I enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. I think he's a, he's he knows how to make a story. He knows yeah. how to structure a movie. He's yeah. a 
You know, he's really good. Even that movie, Stop the Gringo, whatever the fuck it was. I didn't see it. What was it? What is it called? Something the Gringo? His last movie? The one with the teddy bear? No, 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 no. So that was that was hilarious. <laughs> the beaver. The beaver. Oh, my God. That doesn't even seem like real life. I thought it was a skit. I just auditioned for the yeah, guy that I did, did too. That. When I saw the, the, my first initial reaction seeing the preview was, this is a sketch. Funny or Die skit. Yeah, something. Like Kimmel. Yeah, something like Saturday Night Live, something. Mm. But then to find out it's an actual movie with Jodie Foster is like, what did, how and did, it actually got good reviews. How did Jodie Foster get sucked into this fucking movie? Like she looks yeah. great, by the way. Fifty yeah. years old. Is she yeah, at the Oscars or wherever? Pussy to do for you, son. Wow, mm. yeah. two fingers. In. She looks phenomenal. Her skin and her her tight like she's gorgeous. She's she's God damn, she's getting hot. some. Damn, shut up. I know. Pow, Pooah. Is that the noise that she makes when she has sex? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jodie Foster's having sex. Is that a cartoon now? It's Jodie having sex. Chicks are just coming over and eat her now. Come on over. I, Come I, get some. That's, get this that's poached awesome. egg. Come on, get some. I'll be a fly on the wall. Yeah, she, um, I don't know, she have a, a baby or anything? Or a boy, a so. girlfriend? So. Married or any of those I things? She, yeah. She's, she's is she out of the closet French. now? Yeah, I think yeah. so. She speaks fluent French. Isn't it funny that that's like a big issue? Like whether or not a chick is a lesbian? Yeah, I don't give a fuck. You can tell just by the way it. she talks or, or smell. But ah. the thing is, a woman like, here's the issue. Here's the legit issue, for real. A woman like Jodie Foster can come out of the closet and still play someone's wife. No problem. No yeah. one has a problem with it. Right. If Tom Cruise, and I'm not saying Tom Cruise is gay, but if Tom Cruise was gay and he came out of the closet and um, then wanted to do a movie where he was making out with His a chick, career's over. it's over. That's Chris, that's reality. I mean, yeah. that is, I, I believe. I mean, no, look, I, I shouldn't say it's reality because I'm basing it on my own personal feelings of how it would no, go they would go down. You, uh, it might go down differently, no, but I, have, I think that you know the, the people who do polling for politicians and stuff like you know that. I mean, mm-hmm. you'd be amazed at how irrational voters are. How 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 finding out one little thing about somebody's past can really sway an election. So. People are very, you know, for the most part, people are pretty conservative in their ideologies. Yeah, it doesn't seem to be an issue when you're – women that are coming out, it's like we don't really have that much of a problem with I think that. Because there's not – there's no like – there's penetration. no penetration. I really think it's, ah, you're bumping muffs yeah. and you're making out. Yeah, there's fine. a neediness to cock. Give me what I need. Yeah, I'm going to – There's a, a neediness. It also – there's also the stigma of disease and all that stuff that comes with it too, right? With you the know? gay sex? Yeah, you know, there's, there's a lot. Stuff. What if they're just in a jerking off each other? Well, that's nah, completely different. That's and just they're really clean. Because they that's college. Are they staring each other in the eye? They're looking away. Oh, looking away. And that's fucking college shoulder. stuff. That's buddy. What are you worried about over here? Let me here see your dick that. for a second. As a goof, I'm going to jerk it Listen, off. Listen, I've been shaving around my dick because they say it makes my dick look bigger, but I'm not convinced. Can let, you give me an opinion? Let I mean, me I want see. you to be objective here. Let me give it a look. I'm going to give it a look. I don't think it looks any bigger. Dude, that I looks mean, look a lot bigger. I'm telling you, it doesn't look Can bigger. Can I be honest with you? It doesn't even look like I could choke you with this. You look like, like you should have hooves right now. I'm, I'm, like I'm you being would honest. just suck it, and it wouldn't even feel bad. It would just go all the way in your mouth. I mean, I'm betting. What, what do you if mean? If you tried it right now, I'm betting like, it would it just in your ma- go in your mouth. You mean you don't think you could feel it? We need to. Um, I'll try. We need to do another Mikey and yeah, Tony in the basement. All right, let's do what's, it. What was the characters' names? Do we remember? Um, Mikey. One of them was Mikey, and Mikey then there was the mom and, uh, who was Kelly Kirsten. Yeah, she was great. Kelly <laughs> <laughs> Kirsten. Oh, I was talking to my barista the day at Starbucks or whatever barista, and he was telling me how much he loves Grinder. That he's like, I've already met three guys this week, and I was like thinking, like, how lucky? Like, they have Blender for women, but that's bullshit. But like, how yeah. lucky are gay guys? They could just be like, oh my god, there's a gay guy, like. Like but you can't be president. From me. But you can't be president. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, think a lot of people wouldn't vote for you for president. 
Yeah. I wouldn't give a shit. But who wants to be president? Yeah, I'd yeah, vote for that. that. Yeah. I don't care. Would you, if you had a choice between being a happy gay guy or the president... Happy gay guy, probably. The president. You would rather be gay than be the president. The, the president, just because there's a lot of experience there. There's a lot of interesting. You would rather be the president because. Yeah. Do you think you'd be able to handle the pressure without going totally white hair in, I, in six months? I don't know. What is that, man? Isn't that freaky? Well, I think because first of all, every decision you make, you're gonna you're gonna make fifty percent of the people happy, fifty percent not happy. I know, you're, but it you're, is. You're also not sleeping. It's consistently freaky. Yeah, I mean, you're not sleeping. You're the most powerful man in some ways in the world. Uh, you're thinking about your legacy. I, mean, I don't know. I, mean, I would do it till I got fired. You know, like I would just be like JFK, but like you know, with Twitter and just like fucking random girls and being the president, like make it really pimpy, like totally change it, like any other. Shut like, don't be respectful. Just shut up. Turn your mic off. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. wouldn't you? They if would you were the president, you. they would kill you. Well, you they can't. Would, they you would can't, fire me. You can't yeah, get away with anything because everybody's watching every move you make. I think the hardest thing about being president is that everybody is watching everything you do. Yeah, all if the you time. live in you the get 60s, no privacy. You, what you're saying could be accomplished in the JFK days. You could have a bunch right. of people keep their mouth shut, and Wish maybe did, there would be yeah. some fucking guys who would take some pictures through a two-way mirror, allegedly, in Cuba. Yeah. But for the most part, he got away with a lot of craziness. Yes. But today, no. You wouldn't no. do Unless you had the internet and everyone on your side. Like, this dude's fun. This is a fun press. Like, like make it what? almost like an 80s movie. You know, like an 80s movie. Like, you just became the president. No. A party president. I don't want a party president. <laughs> I, 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 want a sober, I want a sober thinker. <laughs> a party president. I can hear the voiceover. It's like Piggies, right? right? You just became a party. Was that movie Piggies? Is that what it was called? Uh, no, Porky's. 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 Piggies. <laughs> I was thinking, I was like, what's like he saying? Like Porky's for the White House. This summer. Hey, He's Kim Cattrall. Kim Cattrall. Oh, she was, was so hot. That, I remember being mannequin? 14, and I was, I've never had, I, I was literally, I think my dick is going to break it so fucking hard. Mm. Like, I was watching her. I was so, so fucking painfully turned on by her. She was so ridiculously perfectly attractive. Oh. Like, her face, her body, her legs, I worked with her, everything. too, on Did Sex really? in the City, yeah. Ooh, what was She's that like? She's still looking hot. She was walking around in a seasuit through shirt. hot as shit. She was 45 at the time. We thinking about hitting deli- it? Of course hit I was. Yeah. Of course. Would you? Of course. Would you have just I went out to lunch with her and Mario Cantone, and, uh, you know, I was flirting. Powerful Mario Cantone. Yeah. Is she also the girl from Weird Science? I've that same girl? No. Weird Science? That chick was really hot, too. No, that was... Oh, uh, that's the Kelly LeBrock, who I LeBrock. also worked with. You worked with her? I worked with her, too. Yeah. I did a movie with Kelly LeBrock. I spent uh, a week with her. She's she was married to Steven Seagal. Yes, she was. Yeah. She's pervy. I mean, if you watch that movie, that's a, pretty, just a masturbation movie yeah. in the She's 80s. so hot. Oh, yeah, she's but, another one. Um, but w- when you met her, she was 45 years old? Yes. And how was the body? Unbelievable. Really? You would have taken it? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Did you get any vibe? Uh, not really. No? Yeah, did I you put anything out there? Yeah, of course. And nothing shut you down by putting anything out there, like as in you're the hottest thing in the world, and I've always been attracted to you. And yeah, well, I was trying to do, do everything you, I do could. You th- do you think that you'd have better success now, seeing as time's gone past? Maybe she's a little more humble. Maybe she regressed, turning you down. Well, when you get yeah, when you get to a certain age, you get, know, sit back and go. You know what? That Brian Callen, man, that was yeah. a pretty good deal. Yeah, she's gonna give me some young crazy dick. There you go. He's ready to fuck. She Looks did like say she did say because I kept coming and giving my card to to uh, Sarah Jessica Parker. I would give, present my no, card. You didn't. Yeah, no, but I, in the scene, I'd have to give my card. Oh. And she looked at me and she goes, "Were you a dancer?" And I went, "Yes, I was. Yes, I was. I was also a martial artist." 
Oh, you didn't say that. And I said it in that you voice. Lost it. That's where you lost her. <laughs> you should have just stuck with dancer. And then when she finds out about martial arts later, now she's intrigued because you didn't have I to couldn't, be I'm not that patient. Douchey I wasn't that patient, and, dude. And, but yeah, fuck yourself when you do that. It's like name dropping. Yeah, I was hanging out with Mick Jagger last I night. Panicked. I panicked. can't say that within the first couple of moves. I panicked. It was, it was Kim Cattrall from Porky's. What do you, you got want from me? It's like the gambler. It's like that Kenny Rogerson song. You got to know when to hold him. That's it. Have you ever messed around with Janine Garofalo? How fucking dare you? How like, dare you like just ruin my appetite, you fuck. <laughs> you a, shut your mouth. Janine's good people, though. Shut your mouth, too. Both of you. <laughs> Stop playing along and move on. You, go, you went back to Brian <laughs> Callen of circa 1994 trying to please the industry. The fuck are you talking about? How dare you You're lie right. to the people? How dare you? <clears throat> Why Sauron walks the streets? Sauron. <clears throat> Did you see The Hobbit? I didn't. It wasn't good. It wasn't. It doesn't look good. In the preview, didn't even look yeah. good. It was what, a bunch of things have you happening. Seen that you loved. Did you see Django? Yes, I want to. I loved that. it. I it's very see good. That. I love uh, it was Tarantino. Fun. Yeah, uh, I like Mama, the, the horror movie, Guillermo del Toro. Oh yeah, you know it's a fun it's movie. Scary, huh? Stupid. It's, it's well, a fucking what, ghost movie. What do you want? What you about? Know? But it's fun. Um, you see Seven Psychopaths, one of my no. favorite movies I've seen in a while. Really? If you really? get if you get past the first twenty minutes, it's brilliant. The writing's great. You know what it is? It's Fight Club for writers. Who did it? Huh. That's what. Who did it? Uh, the same guy that did. Uh, shit, I can't remember the other movie he did. Huh. Seven Psycho um, It didn't make much of a splash. I, no, I liked the James Bond movie. It wasn't that bad. Sky. It wasn't great. It could have been. Skywalker. I think it would have been better if they cut out like a half an hour of it. It seems like they was just a little overly complicated. There's a little mm. too much going on in it, a little yeah. too epic. But uh, Daniel Craig's a bad motherfucker. Yeah, you is. believe him as a uh, yeah. a real spy, yeah. like a real British intelligence agency where agency guy. Whereas, like, there were some of those bonds where I was like, "Get the fuck out of here!" Yeah, you know. Like, did you believe Timothy Dalton? No. Get the fuck out of here, right? No, dude, you ain't beating anybody up. I, I had a I had a um, Stop it. I, my my podcast, the Brian Callen Show. Even I Roger Moore. Roger Moore was like silly. Yeah, but he was just so suave I that yeah. I didn't mind. It was great for the time. It was great yeah, for the yeah, time. It was but for did the time. You, but now did as you we know more, he was a real agent. Yeah, now as we as you know more, it's like yeah. different. Daniel Craig's between Sean Connery and Daniel Craig, those are the only two guys I would believe were actually agents. Listen, my my the guy I just did this podcast with was a Delta Force guy, and I think he probably did other stuff afterwards, but he won't say. It. But we had a really good podcast, and he told me that he would take me to Kurdistan. Uh, this summer, where he's really connected, uh, if I wanted to go, and and I, I was looking at him, and I was like, "You were a Delta Force guy, and probably like a big CIA guy." And I'm looking at him, and I say to his wife, "I go, I, I'm looking at his body, like he's he's got no neck, really thick, kind of strong guy." And I was trying to get like what it takes to be a Delta Force guy. He goes, "Well, let's put it this way: a lot of the graduation pictures, there'll be one guy in the graduation photo, or sometimes no guys. They just take a picture of the graduating class, and there's nobody in the fucking, nobody made. There's it. nobody, nobody made it. Right. But um, and he I, straps you in the helicopter, and right before he takes off, he goes, "So you like going on that Joe Rogan podcast, <laughs> huh?" And you're like, "Fuck." He goes. He said to me. I, I said to his wife, "I go, what, what's what, you know, what's he like? You know." She goes, "Well, he doesn't get cold, and he doesn't need sleep. I'll tell you that much." And I was like, "Well." There it is. That's two things I well, get cold as shit. I, need, I know. Like a lot of Marines, I but, but Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig r- reminds me of a hard dude like that. Like, yeah. he, like you believe that he would be one of those like elite commando slash, you know, yeah. paramilitary. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's like, got hard skin and he looks just fucking hard, like this he, guy. Did. You believe it when he's kicking ass. Yeah. You totally believe it. You yeah. believe it when he's a killer. You believe it when is. 
His hands are shaking. He's like, I mean, obviously it's a completely different sort of character than the Roger Moore character. Yeah. But if you want to talk about like a believable character, like Roger Moore was almost like comedy. Like remember they broke into the set once yeah. where they, they were filming the fake moon footage and Roger Moore's driving his car across while they're, they're you know, remember that? Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of like yeah. comedy and silliness to the Roger Moore movies that you don't get in the Daniel Craig did, one. Daniel did, Craig just seems like a real killer. Did right? I ever tell you about my buddy who's who's a real badass like special forces guy? And, and How many guys do you know like that and how many of them you have sex with because uh, like you're talking I mean, about like i mean at, at one many, time or, you know uh, at one time or different as a group, guys uh, there's a guy i know he's in the rangers i'm in a group stuff. i'm in a group uh there's this club i go to you get together and uh, no, you take those pictures of the prince in uh, no, vegas no this is this is this, <laughs> this, 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 this is when they you do. They shave me down they oil me up and i run through the room i try to get to the other side yeah. the only, yeah. they try to stop me and then we turn the lights off and if something goes in my mouth i, I try to stop it the lights were off and my mask was sometimes it's better to just lay there and service every man actually he told me the funniest story about him he was with all the the, the big like the, what they call combat action group cags you know these rough like delta guys and he said and a lot of these guys they're all like they're all up in arms about gays in the military meanwhile he's watching these guys they're all wearing the vibram five so- finger soles and, and they, 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 they're like really muscular shave their body with tattoos and, and one guy's doing pull ups while the other guy's securing his hips and he's like this is the most and they all have like Trojan call signs you know and they're like and it's like this is the gayest they got all the ga- velcro gear their bandanas and stuff. He's like, you guys couldn't be more homoerotic. There's not a girl n- near you for a hundred miles. You all live in barracks. You're never wearing shirts. You're always working each other out. You're always rolling, practicing jujitsu. He's like, this is the gayest. This is the, the this is every gay man's dream. It's like the homoerotic energy in these in these badass groups is so thick. He was saying, but this is what he was saying. This is where you know you're dealing with a badass. Brian, I, what is this? What are you watching? Well, let me see that. Like, what the fuck? That was watching? the thing you were talking about. Wait, I gotta see the, that. The, what? On the James Bond. Oh, oh, the, oh, I thought it was a real thing. That was James Bond. That was all the takes of jumping over the, the crocodiles. Oh, so they really did that? Yeah, and they, these are all the different takes they did. Wow. So they, what did they do? They strapped the crocodiles in place? They must have. No. And the guy's running on them? No, because yes. he gets caught at one point. There's this one right after this one, I think. He gets caught? Well, they all swarm around him. Come on. Look, look, right here. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, no, these things are strapped in place, man. See, their bodies don't oh, move in any direction. They can't go left wow. or right. They're just sort of strapped in place. Oh, oh he fucked up, though. He right stepped there. on the head. His foot is in it. Yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, my God, his fucking foot. Those are his real. foot is caught. It's like his leg, his pant leg is caught on the tooth. That's fucking crazy. They really did that. Oh, dude, stuntmen have a really, really fucking hard life. That's man. nuts. And that's it right there. They show it. That's the that real was deal. amazing. Wow, that's fucked up. Those were great movies. Those were a lot of fun, man. Oh fuck yeah, back then. So, so my buddy, before the internet, try my, watching them now. You'll, your head will explode. I, I asked my buddy. I said, "What do you carry? <laughs> what kind of weapon?" And he goes, he, "He tells me." And he goes, "You know, I carry this, and I, and I carry like a handgun." And I said to him, "I go, why do you? Why a handgun? You know?" And he goes. Because I'm not getting fucking taken alive when I'm in like Waziristan. I'm not, they're not taking me alive. That's why I go, What are you talking about? He goes, Because I'm going to shoot myself, bro, if I run out of bullets. I'm not, I'm not fucking letting anybody take, you don't want to be, you're not getting taken alive by those guys. They're going to fucking do bad shit to you. So you kill yourself. I was like, oh, you have a very different job than I do. You, you live a very different fucking life. That you carry a fucking suicide pistol with you when you're on mission. Well, like, you, All right. If you have that job, that's your reality. That's your you're, reality. You're also, your reality is that you know 
life can stop. You've taken it. You've actually made life stop. That's what the Delta guy said to me. He said, you know, I, I just assumed I was already dead. Like he said, I, you know, I would always kind of like you kind of get in that mode where you're like, I'm I'm already going to die. So, I mean, or you have to be that has to be a very strong possibility and you have to be come to peace with it before you go on mission. You know, right. It's an interesting kind of way. Of, it's a samurai's way. It's a, a warrior. They're just warrior code, you know, different kind of reality. When is that going to stop existing? When do you think that – is it possible that it, we develop a society that literally has no more conflicts and murder? I mean, is it possible to get to a point in time where human beings exist the same way butterflies do, where none of them kill each other? In some ways, in some ways only only if we're being watched constantly, which we are. you know, Or uh, if we don't leave the house because it seems but, like we're getting more and more. We can, don't even have to leave our house to go to work. Yeah, that's a good point. Like but that. is that – I think is human it beings that? have a need for aggression. They, yeah. we, we have it in us, man. I mean, but is it that or is it – that we have to come to some new understanding about fellowship, a new understanding about uh, how human beings interact with each other and never have that sort of sick hate, anger, and animosity towards each other because it's completely unnecessary. Somebody said, I mean, it was Freud and Einstein had a correspondence where Einstein said, I, I want, I want the world to be peaceful and not, people not to fight each other. And Freud said, yeah, but then they'll fight themselves. You yeah. know, I mean, th- th- that aggression will be turned on themselves. I mean, that that's a part of uh, the human animal. Maybe, but maybe um, not necessarily. You know, I, I think I, the better I feel animal. like if they were managed properly, first of all, I think mm, that's there's, there's a real issue with kids, and this is one of the things that makes me crazy about taking wrestling out of the Olympics, is wrestling is a good aggressive sport, and it, it wears people out. Yeah, it's, it's a good, beautiful sport. It's good for kids. It wears you out. Mm-hmm. It, gets, it gets a lot of the excess energy out of your system so you can think clearly. Mm-hmm. And that's a real issue with young kids because hormonally it's like you're taking them and you're putting them on speed and you're putting them on steroids and you're just sending them loose in the world with no 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 guaranteed exertion of mm-hmm. this this vehicle. No outlet. No yeah. no outlet for And that. if you're a healthy young 17-year-old kid, your body's just pumping crazy hormones. I mean, I'd get mad boners just driving in my car. <laughs> Me too. My dick would get so hard it would hurt <laughs> Me just too. driving my car. Me too. Right. You know, and you're if you're not involved in something physical, so there's that. And then there's also management of the mind. Having people that you really respect sit down and have a conversation with you about life because it never fucking happens the conversations that you have at school or you need to learn this you need to remember this you need to figure this out they don't sit you down and teach you how to manage your emotions sit you down and teach you how to manage your interactions with other human beings and that there's more than one way to react to something and that reacting to something in a positive way is not a sign of weakness it's not at all in fact it's a sign of strength and admiration that can create lifelong friendships I think that's also the teacher though because yes. growing up uh, all the bullies were the wrestlers i mean i never had a bully on the track team you know it was well that, a- <laughs> that's what sport sport that also might be it attracted a certain aggression to a certain kind of kid but that, that that's what sport does that's exactly what it's it does teacher. it teaches you it yeah. teaches you um how to manage your emotions it also teaches you that actually the better you get at a sport like wrestling or whether it's boxing or that that those emotions that anger is actually becomes a liability as you yeah. try to get better at something yeah you, i mean you learn how to I, deal with it i was never a bully but moments where someone was intimidated by, by me and i reacted to that intimidation they they make me feel ashamed 
you know, and mm-hmm. that's as as a, a martial artist and as a person who is striving to improve yourself. Moments in your past, even if it's when you were fourteen years old, where you exhibited weak character, should make you feel ashamed. Yes, you know, and yes. that's that's something that gets taught to you in with traditional martial arts, where there's a philosophy behind your actions and a philosophy behind teaching you. A martial art, an art of war, and how yeah. to defend yourself, and how you should perform in, in, in you know, in a dangerous situation, under in an, an actual fight for, the, for your life, and that that's missing from a lot of people. There's there's a, there's a lot missing with kids today, where they're they're not brought into this life, they're not brought through steps to teach them how to manage their stresses, manage their emotions, manage their friendships, manage this the chimpanzee rage that's pumping through your fucking veins when you're a young man mm-hmm. that no one addresses and they just want you to suppress it and keep quiet and shut your mouth and put your tuck your napkin in and you're just fucking <laughs> you just yeah. want to go crazy and yeah. smash on the table and run through a fucking wall yeah. and get out of the house. A lot of it's problem solving. A lot yeah. of it's like that that's a large part of getting better at something is solving problems. In a way, and a lot of it is also that we need to admire someone before us yeah. who has already done it and who yeah. is who is giving us advice from someone a who's coach. a coach, a father, an uncle, yeah. a, a father figure, an a, older, a mentor. Responsible man, a lot of kids need. A lot it's of- the society. Society needs a fucking mentor, and I think there's a lot of people that say that is what's missing in the idea of the president. And we haven't really had a mentor in society since Kennedy. I mean, a lot of people feel like a lot of the presidents that we've had have been so obviously been puppets maybe um jimmy uh jimmy carter wasn't well, lawrence, wasn't lawrence lessig in this book republic Lost, i've talked about before said that he said the, the 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 problem with obama was i had voted for him because i thought he was a president of ideas he wanted to come in and change the way washington worked and unfortunately he surrounded himself with a bunch of people that were such washington insiders that nothing changed and 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 that's his part of his critique of obama was the idea that i thought i was getting a guy who said hey Washington's run by green and lobbyists, let's change it, and, and, and did not stick to that grand idea. That, that yeah. Getting that idea out to people and saying, you know what the real problem is, guys? None of the stuff you're talking about. It's all about this. The fact that money is corrupting everything we do and not tracking the will. Now we have a government that doesn't track the will of the people. You have to have a president, like you said, where who comes in who's a man of ideas, grand ideas. Well, what Kennedy you know. had above all these other guys was speeches that would inspire dreams. He had, when he was talking about putting a man on the moon, when he was talking about the, the way our society should be a free society and that we should not encourage or allow secret societies to mm-hmm. exist. And the way he was talking about the flow of information and ideas, like this was an inspirational man. Like mm-hmm. this was a man that was saying things while president that were inspiring a nation mm-hmm. and were inspiring dreams. And Obama's not doing that. Right. Obama's reassuring and he could us. Be, but he's not. Well, I don't know if he has it in him. Yeah, I mean I don't know who he is. I don't you know, I I know that what we thought we were getting when he first became the president turned out to either be an impossibility by nature of the fact that the system is just so fucked. He's just doing his best to try to keep it together. Or he never really intended to do that in the first place. Mm -hmm. And he's really just a guy who works for 
the big banks. Well, and, he may be. Um, I think that he's such a moderate human being, a very uh, middle of the road guy, like in his sensibilities and his philosophy that he's not a radical uh, idea guy. He's he, like, you know, he said he may not be in him. He's just a guy who is, is more interested in keeping things somewhat copacetic. Yeah, maybe. You know, I don't know. But it's uh, this world desperately needs that now mm-hmm. more than anything. They need a person of ideas. Yeah, that's and right. we need a real mentor. We need some fucking 60 year old, really smart dude who can get on TV and and really stand up and say, listen, we, we have an issue with culture in general, mm-hmm. that we are acting on momentum, that we are one society interacting with hundreds of different societies, all of them fucked, all of them operating on ancient principles that are almost impossibly applicable in today's society with the access to information that we have today. You can't have the kind of power structures that we have in this country or in any country when you have the access to information that people have today because you don't need it. Tim Tim Ferriss was talking about, um, you know, his new book, The 4-Hour Chef, he was talking about how, how he reminded Michael Pollan said in his book, he talks about, Michael Pollan said, you can vote three times a day by what you eat, what you put on your plate. And one of the things I like about Tim is he's so optimistic in, you know, the idea that, hey, you know, a lot of farmers are retiring. We're going to have huge tracts of land that are either going to go to big industrial farms or or we can actually start changing not only the way we eat, but if we educate ourselves in the way we eat and we buy locally and sustainably, et cetera, et cetera, we will then have uh, a situation where people will be healthier, where health care costs won't go spiraling out of control. The more you educate yourself, the more you kind of and, – and, and his idea is all I got to do is get 20 million people to change the way they eat and, and, and re-educate themselves. And That's all well and good, but you still have the same government. It's and the, the, same the, the, the real issue is well, but, always going to be if we have a bunch of people that are controlling a bunch of other people, and it's illogical. And that's, that's the situation that it's at right now. You can absolutely vote with your dollars. Yeah. I think it changes, though, with us. I think it changes with consumers. I think it changes with with the population as they become more educated as to what the root of the problem is. Yes. And their behavior changes. I don't think there will be – see, Washington works on an incentive structure. There is an incentive to behave this way. Yeah, financial. Okay. so so that should be illegal. You've got to figure out a way – well, the better better than making it illegal because they'll find a way to get around that law because they write the laws. Better than that, let's figure out a way to take the profit out of that. Let's behave differently as consumers, as the people with the real money, tax dollars and consumer dollars. Let's start educating ourselves on, for example, how to eat, what's wrong with the school lunch program. Program, what's wrong with the way we feed people? I think that's all. Those are all great ideas, but I think it's not going to change until people that grow up in this age, mm. with this access to information, with this understanding of how everything works, if they decide to be the next people and to change the way politics and government run. That's the only way it's going to work. The people that are already in there, that have been there before the internet, they're not changing shit. They're going to steal from this or steal from that or find another way to fuck people or the interesting charge thing about more what you're for saying, that. Yeah, the, the only thing I would say about what you're saying is that, that this book, that again, to quote uh, Lawrence Lessig's book, is he takes on this question exactly. And he said the, the, the real scary thing is you have a lot of good people in Washington who came with an idea of, of changing it. And he, he maps out how you get caught up in that web of, of 
it be, it's become an economy of influence, and he talks about how it's impossible to be a politician without being corrupted. Yeah, and that's this, the argument he makes in, yeah. at this point. And he says the machine itself has become so corrupt that that the, even if you're a good person, and a lot of he say, he says he goes he spends all the time. He goes it's a lot of politicians are good people; they want to make a difference. You get so caught up in the in in the. Foolproof the system of corruption. economy of influence that yeah. it's impossible to even stay elected and not be Well, I think the only way that that's going to change is the people coming up have to change it. Yeah. The, the new people entering into the system have to slowly deviate from this, this – the, the pattern that's been going on for as long as this country has been around. Mm. It's a slow, consistent movement towards corruption, slowly twisting yeah. the truth more and more, distorting the Bill of Rights, and we constricting have to yeah. the Constitution. And, right. and, it has to be that the people coming up recognize that there's just – it's all on the table now. And it, it much like running a company, you can run a country without being a cunt as well. It's got to be possible. It's got to be if it's possible for one person to interact pleasantly with another person. That's impossible for all of us to interact pleasantly with e- with each other. And that has to be global. Mm-hmm. That there's got to be a way to eventually get to the point where there's no conflict, armed conflict between human beings. It seems like it's absolutely possible to avoid. It seems like a generation or two of information away. I would argue we are moving in that direction. We are. We let a doubt. Look, besides the fact that you hear about horrible things in the news when they happen. There's less violence. There's much less, less brutality. Violence. There's more visibility. There's more to eat. There's more there's there are more representative governments today than there ever have been not even close. Yeah. Uh, and things are moving been, in the right direction. And it's only been a couple of hundred years of real good access to information. In order for us to truly understand each other, we've got to read each other's works. We've got to listen to each other speak. We have to figure out what is different between your life and my life and what what lessons can I learn from you without having to live in myself. Those lessons are so apparent and available now that the, 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 21-year-olds that I talk to today, they're so much fucking smarter than I was when I was 21. They've got access to You know, I always tell people, go to TED.com, for example. T- go to TED.com. Listen to speeches. There's open so your mind. There. It'll but, lead you. These, well, these kids you know? are doing that. I know they and are. And they, they are way smarter than the people of our generation. Yep. Their, their, their reality is a different frequency than the people of our generation. And if there's anything that's going to change it, that's going to change it. It's guys like Newt Gingrich are never going to change shit. That guy is solidified in that process of bullshit. And he's like all these other politicians that are in that fucking soup of it, whether it's Obama or John Kerry or all these guys. You're, you're in that fucking soup. Yeah. It's too crazy. You can't fix no you, one's you think the internet? You, you think the internet thing. is going to start... Um, I guess it's going to be. We should demand that people be voting on the internet. Yeah. That's reality. If you want reality, mm-hmm. let people vote on the internet. If they can figure that out, if they mm-hmm. can figure out how to let people vote on the internet, the whole thing changes. As long as they can't hack it, as long as it can't be bullshitted, as long as there's real accounting done on the actual numbers, and we make sure that this is a rock solid, secure system before we enter into it, there's got to be a way of doing that. Mm-hmm. There's a way to buying things online. Everybody uses their credit card online. Nobody votes online. Why is that? Because they can manipulate it, okay? They can manipulate it. They can control it. And they can control trends. 
you can change the whole game if all of a sudden you are allowed to vote online. Mm. Because then, you know, Lady Gaga could be fucking president. Yeah. Okay? And that's real. That's not a joke. Lady Gaga could be fucking president. Yeah. For that's for real. Up. Yeah, it is fucked up. But more people would probably vote for Lady Gaga than have voted for Obama. Because only like half the people in the country vote ever, right? So out of those half the people, only one half of them voted for Obama. Well, How that, many people is that? So that's why More would vote for yeah. Lady Gaga! It's so important to, to, to educate yourself. It's like that wonderful Thoreau quote, I see all, men everywhere striking at the branches of evil while none are hitting the root. You gotta know what the root that's is. That's right. He had some great quotes. He had some great quotes. You've gotta know... You got to know what the root of the problem yeah. is, and when you learn where the where the head of the snake is, then you can be more effective. The problem That's why is being some... educated about that is very important. You need to know where the head of it is, otherwise you're striking at branches and never at the well. Root. The, the head is money, and the head is also the fact that we're basically the same animals that were hunting and gathering thousands and thousands of years ago with all these crazy needs and this desire to be the, the alpha dominator of, of, of the earth. And mm-hmm. we, we've always acted in the same way. Every nation is acting the same way. You get power, you exert that power, you control more resources, you try to move forward. But they've always done that, but always. This is where, but this now is when ideas and, and winning the argument is really counts. This is when you. This is when a debate about okay. So if it's money in politics, or if it's it, what does that mean? Does that mean now that that it's the size of government? And what does that mean? And does that mean you have to shrink government? What does that mean? How do you do that? There is a methodology to this, but these are where the questions have to be answered and they have to be debated and thought about. And well, the problem is there's difficult. no incentive to shrink government. And the government does not want to shrink. No, the people that were for the all. DEA do not want no. less drug law. Of course not. Because then there's going to be less DEA. That's agents. right. And that, that is the problem with big government. And that, that, that's, uh, that's a gigantic It restricts issue. our liberty. Yeah. You know, when you have a government that's that big a part of GDP, you, to do business as a company, you have to have a pipeline to Washington because that's how you get tax favors, etc. So. And who are these people? Are they people that really have passion for this? They really want to change the world? Or are these people that just got a job? Wow. And then once they got a job, they're subject to all the human emotions and needs and greed and The scary thing, and- the really scary thing, and Lawrence Lessig talks about, and another book called So Damn Much Money, the scary thing about the way wa- the Washington works now is it's become its own industry. <laughs> and what I mean by that is when you work on Capitol Hill as a congressman, you spend six, seven years making uh, 80, 90, 100 grand, 150 grand, a year. You know why you do that for six, seven, eight years? You're building context. You take a short drive over to K Street where all the lobbyists live, and now you start working for a lobbying firm. And you you have a Rolodex of people you know. So you move over there and you get a job with a lobbying company and they pay you five hundred, six hundred thousand dollars a million dollars for your contacts because you used to be a senator or you used to be a, a, a congressman. So now uh, Citibank or some corporation comes to you and says, hey, you got a lot of contacts. Your Rolodex, we want to hire you, my friend, because you know everybody in Washington because you just spent eight years on Capitol Hill. So we're going we're gonna to hire you as our lobbyist, and we need, we need some influence in Washington. And now you become a, a senator or a, 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 a congressman, not necessarily to change things. You can come and become because it's a very lucrative. It is a farm team. It's the farm team to the majors, and the majors is over on K Street as a lobbyist. That's what's happening, and that's why we have 13. 
14,500 lobbyists working at Washington at any, any time. That's why the nine counties around Washington, D.C. are the richest in the country, but they don't produce anything. What's going on, man? What's going on is that it has become an economy of influence, and that's and Washington itself is big business. That's a problem. It's a huge problem, and it's totally, completely unnecessary. Only on the and Joe Rogan. Counter, it's counterintuitive to progress because you're only going to go so far with that system. That system is set up to help the corporations. Corporations are set up to make the maximum amount of money. Everybody go, do your goal. You're not going to move society forward. You're going to run into some bottleneck, and that bottleneck is either environmental or it's cultural or it's financial or they realize the economy they set up is really a fucking sham and it all falls apart in everybody's face. You've got to wait in line for bread. Like The whole thing has to be stopped, and you've got to look at the human beings together have to look at each other as equal, as brothers and sisters, as people that could be your best friends. You know, and no one's doing that. You're Everyone's about, you're an talking enemy. about a change in consciousness. I'm talking, talking about the 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 absolute potential that human beings have yeah. on this in this generation. I'm not talking about some because of the internet. I think, and I think there's you're a right. reason why a guy like Deepak Chopra gets so many people to listen to him yeah. because all that woo woo nonsense and whatever. The, there's a there's a grand desire for consciousness evaluation, and connection for connection for yeah. for a, a better world. For there's a grand. Des- I think it's just happening around us far quicker than we have uh, have grasped and realized, and then these trends are in place. So you're, you're, you're optimistic trends. about the future? Yeah, man. Once we got past December 21st, I was like, "Well, good." <laughs> the Mayans are I wrong. Too. I'm optimistic as well. This is the best time. Feed to be your alive mind. Ever. Feed your mind. Man. There's Feed never been mind. a better time than yeah. this. It's, it's it's rife with fuckery. There's all sorts of nonsense and chaos, but yet it's still fucking amazing. Yeah. This is these are incredible times, and for us. You know, I don't know if Melissa Etheridge is correct. You know, I don't know if you really do create your own destiny. She may be correct. But we've created a fucking amazing destiny, if that's true. You know? I mean, we all have these incredible jobs. We're all having so much fun. We're all feeding off each other. Whether it's you or Diaz or Duncan or Brian or or, or Ari or Bert or any of these people that we're hanging around with and enjoying each other's company together, we have some strange energy going on right now, man. And I think that that is possible for the whole world. I think that it's possible for the whole world if there's enough resources, if there's enough food and water, if, there's, if it's possible for the whole world to slowly but surely come together and work together. It's not necessary to have massive amounts of conflict. It's, certainly, not becoming, necessary. it's certainly becoming much easier to empathize and have a virtual experience of what it's like to be someone else. Yes. When you see some girl in Iran who's protesting and she's dying in her father's arms because she got shot by a sniper and you see the look in her eyes – you as a human being go, man, that person is suffering just like I am just because they're a Shiite Muslim yeah. or whatever they might be. So it's, there's, a, it's, there's terrible circumstances in this life. There's terrible situations. There's terrible environments. But there's also humans in all these environments, all of them. And we have got to figure out a way to let humans be aware that the richest and most rewarding way to live this life is in fellowship with other humans. And mm. it's, it's not impossible to do. 
we're programmed as young people to think that it's impossible, that no one's ever done it before, and that it's all just chaos and war, and that's how the life is, and that's just, just got to be hard. A and cynical deal with it. mentality, yeah. It's not. If there's two people that can get along, and four people can get along, and 50 people can get along, the diffusion of responsibility that comes from hundreds of millions of people is not necessary. And that is, I think, what's changing. Because through the internet and through communicating with each other, we are connecting in a way that we didn't feel connected before. Mm-hmm. With a 300 million people all really are have access to each other we really all do have access to each other right. and that's the end of the show well, well I don't know if that's right ladies and gentlemen I might be full of shit and a meteor might hit us tomorrow or the aliens might come in and fuck your mother on the there dining room table right in front of your dad with a big giant alien dick that's and it. you could say to me Joe Rogan you fucking hippie you were wrong, yeah, bitch. Right. We Ryan, can't get along. I, War, be, freedom. Come to come to governors. Come to governors and go see Brian Callum t- this t- this Friday, this Saturday. Levittown, Long Island, correct? Yep. Ten yeah. minute podcast, Brian Callen show. Powerful, Brian Callen. Um, thank you uh, to Ting. No, who's today? Today, thank to Hover dot com. And if you uh, go to Hover.com forward slash Rogan, you will get 10% off of your domain name registrations. That's Hover.com forward slash Rogan. Go there, support them. They are very cool. They support our podcast, and they have a very ethical company. Uh, thanks also to Onnit.com. If you go to O-N-N-I-T, use the code name Rogan, you will save yourself 10% off any and all supplements for people that want to get their life to work better or some shit. Whatever, fuckers. Tomorrow, the great Dana White will be here with us. Ooh, and then this weekend, is, there's a, a badass UFC and a show at the Grove Friday night with me and Mad Flavor, a.k.a. Joey Diaz. Much love to all of you, my friends. We send it out to the universe. Mwah. We love the shit out of you. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for having me on.